0: and welcome to a new episode of video game movie podcast starring myself rory jocelyn from cyberpunk studios and joining me as per usual is my good friend jamie evans from impala films say hello jamie It feels like a a long, long time since we last did this show. been over a month, Uh, I think, since we actually recorded. Yeah, because we we bulk recorded some. uh, Hope you fine folks enjoyed the wonder that is Dead or Alive last week. Absolutely. We got some positive feedback on the Dead or Alive episode. Yes, we did. uh, On the Discord, including one person thinking maybe I liked Holly Valance a little too much. And to which I asked the question, can anyone like Holly Valance a little too much? I mean, if you want to get your rocks off, get your rocks. Off son of a batch, son yes. of a batch, son of a batch, batch of what? A batch of batch of bread, eggs. I bought a loaf of bread. This is off topic. already. Oh, I saw this already. Go oh, on, yeah, called Glengarry. And I was just like, I had to quote Glengarry, Glen Ross. Yeah. These are the new leads, these are the Glengarry leads. Um, so yeah, that's that's my anecdote of the day. Why did you just say that like Jafar from Aladdin? Well, these are the Glengarry leads. The Glen Gary leads. I was trying to be American. Street rat. A street rat. Um, Talking of American, people have been enjoying the American accent I used to read the back of the blurb on the box. Um, However, we're going to be doing a straight run of three episodes, starting with this one, where I can't do that because the boxes don't exist yet. These are three new series, or in this case, a new film. Yeah, don't you want to trial out your Boston accent, though? Boston. Boston. Bo- no, I'm well, not. Mark Mark Wahlberg is from Boston, and is he? Tom Holland was attempting to also do a Boston accent. Tom Holland was attempting. Boston. Yeah. So, <laughs> to be honest, no, I'm not giving it any try. Uh, I'm not going to bother. Before we start on the film itself, I didn't have anywhere near as much drama trying to see this film as I did with Welcome to no, Racoon City. No, this is a massive release, and I, I, I actually, I'm not going to lie, I was sat in the cinema getting a little bit of envy, being like. Why the fuck didn't... like? Because this doesn't make sense to me. Just hear me out on this. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, right? The Anderson films are terrible. But the Resident Evil Anderson films is one of the most profitable franchises in film history. Yeah. It's definitely the most profitable video game film franchise. Yes. It's made over a billion dollars, right? Yep, that's right. Why for their reboot did they restrict what cinemas it was in and give it a shit budget? But for Uncharted, which is an unknown... Compared uh, to yeah, you'd have to be a PlayStation fan specifically. Yeah, like film in the wise, last 10 film years. wise, it's a new IP. Yeah, film wise, yeah, yeah. And most people won't know it. They might be interested mm. in the visuals or something, but there's it's not yeah. one of those. It's not synonymous with yeah. gaming like Sonic but, the Hedgehog or Mario. But it's had a huge opening. Yes. Now I do I do wonder if that's partly because obviously Tom Holland's previous film Spider Man No Way Home yep has done Insanely well. It's still in cinemas. It is on track to become possibly to possibly become the highest-grossing film of all time. Which kind of is making Avengers look a little limp dicked to be honest. Because it's a bit like, hey, all you Avengers together uh, couldn't even quite get to the top. Avatar. Well, (laughs) they they got to the top, and then fucking Disney re-released Avatar like wankers. But now Spider-Man on his own's gonna beat you. Yeah, it feels to me like a lot more love and effort went into Uncharted from the. Top down than it did with Welcome to Raccoon City, and that's yeah. not necessarily from the director's no, side. No, no, I'm talking about like production side, the funding company. the company, and we- part of that is this is actually the first release. From a new production company PlayStation Pictures PlayStation Pictures So yeah. I think what they decided to do Was start with a, a known PlayStation brand Even though it's not mm. I would still argue it's nowhere near as well known As many other brands no. But they threw everything at the kitchen sink at it To make sure it would be a success in some yeah. way So bear in mind So I, get the PlayStation If nothing else Get the PlayStation Pictures brand yeah. out there So bear in mind I don't know You say about this not being as well known mm. So bear in mind I've never played the games Because I've never owned past a PS2 I know Uncharted, and I realize I'm about to get some hate, Mm. but you know me, love to cause some controversy. I've always thought of Uncharted as, oh, that's the knockoff of Tomb Raider. So it's kind of weird, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. So essentially, Uncharted is a male Tomb Raider. Yeah, Um, which is nowhere near as fun, because half the fun of Tomb Raider is those big polygon-filled boobs. Well, he's got pecs. Does that count? I don't know. That first Tomb Raider where she's got traffic cones for tits, or oh. <laughs> or oh, have your eye out. Or oh. well, here's the, here's the irony though: <laughs> the reboot of Tomb Raider seems to be very heavily based on Uncharted. Yes, so it's kind of like the feeding inf- on itself. Have you seen the 2018? Tomb Raider film? With Alicia Vikander, yeah. No, but I know that was heavily based on the reboot of Tomb yes, Raider. Yes, it was. It was based very heavily on the first re- f- yeah. uh, game in the in the reboots trilogy. In the so second reboot, let's not forget Tomb Raider has rebooted its timeline twice now. Has it? What yeah. was it? Uh, so Angel of Darkness. No, no, no. no uh, Tomb Raider Legend reboots the timeline. Yeah, does it? So, re- yeah. So, so I played Legend. Did not yeah, recall so it being a you reboot, you have you have Tomb Raider 1, 2, 3 and Angel of Darkness. Mm. Then you have. Anniversary, Legend, and... Underworld. Underworld, yeah. which talk about the worst ending to a trilogy I've ever seen. Underworld was great. Um, so I've got but the Wii d- version, which oh. is very nerfed, I think. <laughs> um, and then they rebooted it again with the, I want to say, 2012 Tomb Raider. I think it was 2012. With yeah, Camilla that sounds about right. Yeah, And then they obviously went on to do Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. That's right, yeah. I haven't played Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I've played the other two. When it comes to Uncharted... I've played a demo of the first one. I played through most of the second. If I, I may have completed the second, but I can't recall much of it. Um, and I've never played the third. Yeah, and there's a um, fourth, isn't there? I think there is now, Thief, but that's Thief's End or yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. That's that's quite recent. People will probably shout at me, go, actually, it's about three years old. The, but I have the played... pandemic has distorted everyone's sense of time. Well, to it's be also fair. that, and actually, I don't play a lot of modern games because I hate the way that modern sales are done. Because yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily the case with Uncharted Four. I just avoid most games if I don't know them that well yeah. because most games have like really badly shoehorned in. DLC micro-transactions. microtransactions and now NFTs have yeah. been I, uh, I, I immediately write <clears throat> off any game if I find out it's got microtransactions in it exactly yeah exactly the same with me so I'm just like you know what You're, I'm out I don't mind if there's the bit of DLC now and then yeah. especially if it's something like Streets of Rage 4 where it's obvious that they actually yeah. built it after they finished or the game may <laughs> I direct your attention to the greatest piece of DLC ever released because it's actually better than the actual game itself <laughs> is Resident Evil Lost in Nightmares oh, which oh, right. was the DLC, uh, there were two DLC chapters for Resident Evil 5. Desperate Escape, uh, I think it's called Desperate Escape, which is just more like Resident Evil five, it's very action-oriented, yeah. but Lost in Nightmares is basically old-school Resident Evil gameplay in the fi- in the Resident Evil 5 engine. Ooh. And it's all based on suspense gameplay and exploration. That's not the bit in Spencer Mansion. It, it is, yeah. Oh, and then okay, at, the end, and and then like at the end you fight Wesker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I had Benton round, and Benton couldn't beat Wesker. Wesker kept insta killing him, and boy <laughs> did he lose his temper. <laughs> cool. So Uncharted 2022, uh, the the new one we've just watched it. God, we're in 2022. Yeah, bro. we're getting old, man. We're getting old. So um, what I want to do for this is I'm going to do a roll call of the names of the cast and the characters they play, yeah. just so people know, if they know the actors, then they'll, they'll know who's I too. think I knew the director for this as well. Oh, right. Ruben Fleischer. Yes. I believe maybe the gentleman who did the two Zombieland films. I think he did, yeah, yeah. And I think he possibly did, um, Oh, Shazam, as well, yes, he did do Shazam. Yeah, Shazam, Shazam. That was actually quite a good film. Uh, it was I, all right. I thought it was, was going to be duck garbage, but it was. It was, it was w- at least it was fun. It was one of the better DC movies. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the before we start on the cast list and then go on to the rest of it, there was one trailer in the lead up to the film at the cinema that is somewhat relevant because it's something we're going to be seeing soon. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yep, yeah, yeah. What did you think of the trailer? Uh, well, we have discussed the trailer on here before. But you was it the same trailer? It. it was, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember repeat, I remember quoting the Knuckles line, do right. I look like I need your power? Yes, um, I was surprised. That you're was... right, Idris Elba does not have his own voice. Because yeah, if you remember on that good. episode, that's when you told your anecdote about wanting Idris Elba to be painted red. I um, still want that. So I'm not going to lie. I'm apprehensive about this film. Something entertaining. I, yeah, yeah. This, this, for every bit of it that I see that gives me huge amounts of confidence in it, yeah like the fact tails is the same voice actor from the game yes like the fact that on the poster eggman is actually in his floaty chair device yep. that looks very similar to the one in the games that's all good stuff what's worrying me is the same thing that worried me about the first one and i think we've mentioned this before on this podcast i am not a jim carrey fan no. I now don't get me wrong. I think he did all right in the first one, but he was always on the verge of going full Jim Carrey, and it looks in the trailer for this one like he might go full Jim Carrey. Right. Also, I just wish he was in the fat suit. Like, why is he not in the fat suit? To be fair, Jim Carrey did say he wanted to do the fat suit, but I think the filmmakers decided not to because it would limit his movements. I am i don't mind so much that he's not in the fat suit so long as his physicality is well done. I, I mind a little but, bit. At the risk of sounding like a snowflake, I mind a little bit because there aren't... No ma- representation! Well, this is the thing. <laughs> th- there aren't many iconic plus-sized characters. And villains. Uh, And most of the ones there are are bad guys, to be fair. But there aren't that many. Dr. Robotnik is one of them. Yeah. And they've taken... Plus, the whole point is he's meant to be shaped like an egg. Yeah, they'd have to call him Robotnik and not Eggman, because unless there's... Another because he went to the mushroom world, didn't he? Yeah, and, he ended, and so, he's not, so he's not going to be that he's from the egg world no. because he wasn't there. The, this was is my other world. problem: the the post credits for that last one where you saw him in the mushroom world. Yeah, I really was hoping this one was going to be set in Sonic's world. Yeah, and and he would be the only human in it. I reckon I don't they'll do that for give, the third. Maybe I don't give a fuck about James Marsden. James Marsden. I don't yeah. give a fuck about James Marsden's character. It worked for the first film. I'm wondering. Like, what they're gonna do with him in a second one because it's like, well, he's not gonna be able to fight Robotnik. Like, now that Robotnik's not just a human guy with tech, Mm. he's obviously gone through a change and he's come back. Pop, Quite different, as he says in the trailer. Pop has got a brand new stash. Yeah, so he, James Marsden's not going to be able to go toe to toe with him because surely Sonic's got to go toe to toe with him. Yeah, and there's no way James Marsden can run as fast, be as strong, or do whatever. I think as Sonic ja- can I do. think James Marsden will be perfunctory to the plot. To be honest, yeah, I reckon they, they'll have to eliminate him for the third I, one. I, I basically think here's what my predictions are. Let's get into the prediction game. Yep. Uh, I think we're going to see roughly the plot of Sonic Three but set on Earth. So Eggman has tricked yeah. Knuckles into believing that Sonic is after That's in the Master the trailer. Emerald. That's already in the trailer. Um, then I think we will get... For the for the final boss, quote unquote, because the disappointment with the first game, with the first film, is none of Eggman's tech from the games was actually in it. No, I'd like I, to see some actual badniks. I think we'll see some badniks. I hope. I think we'll see a lot of gun robots from Sonic Adventure. They have already mentioned they're there. I'm, um, I was never a fan of gun robots. I I think we're gonna see, or maybe this is just me hoping. Because we might not. Because have you noticed in the games or in the film? Sorry, all of his robots have got the same black and white Glados type colour scheme. Yeah, that matches in with the um, with the gun robot yeah. design a little bit. It's but a bit more animated, isn't it? If they will go a bit more colourful, I think we might see the iconic Death Egg robot, the it's, giant, the giant Robotnik robot. So you you missed that bit in the trailer then? Oh, is yeah. that in the trailer? Yeah, it's huge. Oh, yeah. I don't know That's, how I missed that. Yeah, so it's in there. I'll show you a picture of it later. Because I was wondering. Somebody put right. a, a couple of images of Hans Molmann from The Simpsons going, Send me the largest Robotnik robot you can find. And then they showed that still from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh. Like, it's monstrous. And then you've yeah. got Sonic on the... Um, I oh, watched a plane called the Tornado flying on the Tornado, and it's microscopic almost in comparison to the size of this robot. And then the Bobad is <laughs> just no, replies with so. No, that's too big. So maybe they're actually maybe they're actually <laughs> doing the the big robotnik from Sonic and Knuckles.
1: Yeah, the yeah, final yeah Sonic 3 that's a Knuckles. that's a giant yeah, yeah. one, isn't it?
0: Because mm. um, I was wondering if we would see the death Sorry, egg. That, I thought that's the one you meant. No, I meant the Sonic Two one. Oh, I see. Um, they're very similar in design. Yeah, but yeah the, the, it's clearly uh, the one from Sonic I, 3 I, and Knuckles. I do wonder if we'll see the death egg. Um, I reckon we And will. I also wonder if this giant Robotnik robot will also shoot glue out of its ass. Uh, <laughs> that's a reference back to the Sonic movie from do, 96, do, if do, anyone's not understanding. Do, do we think Catgirl Sarah might have an appearance? If they bring in Catgirl Sarah, I don't think they're going to be groping her tits and, and forcing say, her to become the, pregnant. Will the breastfeeding scene oh. be in there? Yeah, I, um... could you imagine if we? Could you imagine if the trailer <laughs> oh, was like? Christ. Could you imagine if the trailer was like Sonic the Hedgehog two coming soon rated R, and we'd like how the fuck is a Sonic <laughs> film rated R? Then you go and see it, and it's just like these animals sucking on a human girl's tit, yeah. and you're like, that's how. That's how this film is R rated. <laughs> so that's the Sonic Two trailer. Let's move on to the film proper and actually get Uncharted oh, Started. What were the trailers did you get out of so, curiosity? I got, I, got which Batman which I can't be asked with. Not be, it looks good, but I can't be asked I with got another Batman. Batman Sonic 2. Yep. And there was a couple of other ones that also looked just generically boring. Yeah, they, they, I, it was all very generic. To there the was, point where i forgot um, what they are. There was a Marvel one with the dude from uh, Oh, um, Morbius. Seconds to Mars. Yeah, yeah. Morbius. That's that looks <coughs> bland. Uh I can't be asked with that. Awful. yeah can't be asked. anything about. with him in it looks awful <laughs> yeah I don't because he's not a bad actor but he always seems to prick. play but well, he always seems to play roles where like the life has been like there's almost no passion behind yeah. the character it's always really almost soulless because he's, t- I don't he's know too, too why. cool for it yeah maybe anyway let's anyway, move on so to yeah, no, <coughs> Uncharted Uncharted so Uncharted, so again, uh, I'm just going to name six characters because they're the main six characters anyone will give a toss about throughout the course of this. There were six this. characters in this, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh, <laughs> so, the one that most people will know, or the, the two that most people know, Tom Holland is in this, the man who plays Spider-Man in the new Spider-Man films. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He plays Nathan Drake, who throughout the film is just called Nate. We've got Mark Wahlberg. Who plays Sullivan. Sully. Victor Sullivan is the character's full name, but it's just called Sully. Hey, Sully, I remember when I said I would kill you last? I lied. <laughs> Why did they not use that reference? Because today's audience wouldn't get it. We're all Oh, glory. but I want it. Uh, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. He used to sell headwear. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I own quite a few Antonio Banderas. Ha, ha, ha. I will just say, without spoiling the plot, <laughs> Antonio Banderas is a phenomenal actor, and he's he is wasted in this film. He, I will agree with you on that, he's wasted. Uh, his character is Santiago Moncada. You've got Sophia Ali, who plays Chloe, who is a female companion, mm. in quotation marks, for uh, Nate and Sully you during happen, the film. Do you happen to know if she's a character from the game? It felt like she was. I think she might be someone who's in the... Yeah, uh, here's the problem. I don't recall Chloe, no. but it's it might just... Again, I don't have a lot of connection yeah. to this series. The only reason I thought that was because I know there is one Uncharted game that doesn't have Nathan Drake in it. It's got two women in it. Oh. It's, it's like the newest one, and I think one Of them, I think might be Chloe. Looks like Chloe. Chloe sounds like the name of a character I've heard in the game somewhere. But I think because I only played the second one, I don't think she's in it. But again, I could be completely wrong, and someone will just shout at me, call me a melt. I don't know how to say this name. I'm guessing it's Tati, T A T I. Tati Gabriel, who plays the um, Braddock. 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 Where, where have I got Brattigan from? That is, <laughs> Brannigan. That's from Doctor Who, I think. <laughs> or, or is it Brannigan, Zap Brannigan? Zap Brannigan, that might be. Zap one. Brannigan is from Futurama. Oh, no, I've never watched Futurama. Did I ever tell you that my favourite part of a lady is the boobs? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Tati Gabriel plays Braddock, who, who is, is you main... essentially one of the main villains of it, yeah. alongside Santiago Ma- Mancada. You may know her from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh. Oh, okay, fair enough. I have watched that. I just don't recall it. She's one of the Mean Girls. To be honest, I'll be honest. That that new series of Sabrina was shite. (laughs) At least in my opinion. I only saw the first season. I went and rewatched the. Well, I only saw the first season as well because it was shite. Uh, At the end of last year, I rewatched the whole original Sabrina's teenage riches. Do they hold up? No. (laughs) Let's be honest, they don't. don't I want to say yes, but they don't. (laughs) I'll just say I want to say yes. (laughs) <laughs> they Again, don't I happen. repeat, I want to, to see yes. there's it. A, there's a couple of episodes which hold up um, because they're, they're nice. uh, <laughs> she was older. It's fine. She was 21 when she first started doing Sabrina, so it's okay. It's all safe. All right. it's, don't make it. Don't make it weird. <laughs> it's only weird if we make it weird. Oh, I made it weird. <laughs> Your face. You are unhappy. I'm. I am unhappy that I did not decide to go buy more Pepsi Max before we recorded this. Well, you can have this. one of the other Pepsis if you no, want. No, I better not have any more full fat sugar because I can feel a headache coming on. Sart, I could also feel that one more will make me leap across this table and bite into your neck uh, like a zombie. What sort of vampires getting high zombie, on Pepsi? Zombie. Ladies and gentlemen, you're actually about to hear the secret new Resident Evil film, but it's podcast form. Oh, okay. Itchy. I'm feeling rather itchy, tasty, Rory. That sounds like a. Like a really horrible porno. Mm. Yeah. Itchy tasty. Anyway, come on, back (laughs) to uh, back to Uncharted and the G virus. Uh, And then there was a Scotsman called Stephen Waddington, and his name in the film is just The Scotsman. But Um, you know what? This character will get to it. I I laughed, I I laughed, but talk about the laziest fucking joke writing in the world. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it did make me laugh, so I guess I'm scum anyway. Oh, it was good fun. So, we open up. The intro to this is Nate... Again, Tom Holland, falling out the back of a oh, cargo plane. They pull a Deadpool, don't they? Yeah, and he's got a necklace on with a ring, like a, a finger ring. <laughs> finger ring. Ah. Uh, with a ring on it around his neck that's flapping. That's, I'm guessing, shown quite prominently to give you an indication that it's important to the plot later. And he's hanging, well, he's actually caught on a cargo brick by his foot. As he gets out and tries to pull himself back into the plane, he kicks a villain out of the sky while another one tries to shoot at him. Yeah. There is a point in this after he kicks the guy off the like off the cargo container, and the guy's obviously like, dead. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. He then does like a swinging jump from one cargo block to another, and it was very obviously CGI. And it was fucking awful. It was, and did it, did did that first bit not also like. This is the problem with playing an iconic character. Yeah. That first bit, this did go away eventually. What's the yeah, song? yeah, yeah. But that first bit, all I could think was Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah. Because he's... <clears throat> He, he's Tom Spider-Man Holland and he's Spider-Maning. He's yeah. he's swinging in unnatural ways. My biggest problem was with this cargo scene, and they yes. we come back to it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the, the, the CGI I, is not good. It's not just the CGI. The laws of physics, obviously, it's a silly action film. Yeah, but yeah, the laws of physics literally don't work. There's a bit where he is sticking to a car later on, like he is Spider-Man. Yes. Like if you look, he's not gripping the edge of it or no, anything. He's just he's standing just on it. it. Yeah, and, so, and you're like, yeah. oh, he is Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, however, this scene is very clearly inspired by the beginning of Uncharted 2. Right. So at the beginning of Uncharted 2, Nate is, it's not actually a plane, He's on, it's a train in the middle of these snowy mountains hanging off the edge of, a, of this big mountain, and it opens in a very cold, similar opening, where you're like, oh, how did we get here? You don't know. But rather than trying to climb up cargo nets to jump back into the plane he's having to run up a collapsing train Mm. to try and jump onto the safety of the mountain while the train falls off and is destroyed down below Um, so they've clearly copied that idea but uh, again as we say the CGI stunts don't help and obviously with him being Spider-Man and Spider-Manning up the cargo nets doesn't help. He makes it up to the plane but is then knocked back by an old red Mercedes Benz vehicle. Mm. Uh, oh we don't come know much. on, give me a break! <laughs> yeah, um, which it didn't. He didn't get any brakes. <laughs> As an arm grabs his, so th- they do like this sort of almost iconic shot where he's falling. An arm comes and gri- like hand grips his arm, mm, and like to save him. him. And it sort of, it's like a dual shot. So that's him being saved in that moment. And, but the, the background changes, and he's now being saved in the past as a child. 15 years in the past, isn't it? Yeah, something about 15 years 15 in the past. 15 years ago. Four score. In Boston. <laughs> in Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. No, I can't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it cuts to when he's a teen, and his brother Sam is saving him, got him arm by arm. Paul's, we have no idea why he was falling out of a window. It's actually a bit of a strange, like, why are you uh, falling the, from the, there? The, but the implication is I he's tried to climb. Yeah, yeah, Sam's told him to wait outside, but he's tried to climb up after him and slipped, Sure, is the implication. So they go into, and it's a gallery full of artefacts from Magellan, who, uh, in real history, is famed for circumnavigating the globe. Um, I believe that is actually Somewhat, slightly fictionalised. He didn't quite do the whole journey, which is referenced in the film. He died, but, and his crew made the rest of the journey. Yeah. Um, however, so th- there is some historic fact to this, but this e- essentially, if you view this like an Indiana Jones-style film, you can view that there is some a level of historical accuracy and an awful lot of fantasy lumped on top. So. Um, don't don't think that this is somehow an, uh, an accurate document <laughs> of anything. <laughs> so, yeah, they're looking at this lost map. Oh, it's, it's not a lost map, a, a map, sorry, of Magellan's lost gold. Yeah. And Sam believes that Magellan's lost gold is an opportunity for them to find it. And there's a recurring motif, as it were, in dialogue that keeps coming back up. Nate says, oh, so the gold is gone. He says, not gone, it's missing. There's a difference. Anything that's missing can be found. But oh, boy, if it's gone, it's gone. And then we get a, a, just a small bit of information when it's like, oh, a bit like our parents are missing. And it's like, no, they're not. They're just gone. They're gone. So it's very clear that these two are orphans. They then get arrested and taken to the orphanage, which is run by a nun, very Blues Brothers. And the head nun decides that because it's usually Sam's fault. It's uh, his third strike. Yeah, they decide that they're going to let him get sent to prison. So, before he can get sent to prison, Sam decides to escape via an upstairs window. And before he goes out, he gives, uh, he says, I'll come back for you, Nate. And to prove that I'll come back, he gives him his necklace with the ring on it, which connects it back to the mm. very first shot of the film. So, clearly, that's Sam's ring that he gave. Sam, I love you, Mr. Frodo. Here's the ring. That's a Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, no. No. No, of well, course. Well, you, you didn't respond, and I knew it was a good joke. It was not a good joke. Shut up. Right, so... <laughs> the one thing that I found... It's outdated now, anyway. Why don't you reference the new Lord of the Rings? Oh, we won't, we won't talk about that. Like, I, I know, I just know it's I've pissing got... all the Lord of the Rings fans off. So. Yeah, I, I've got no real opinion of it. At this point, I'm sort of... It, it's clearly not accurate, and I don't really Is care. It not? No. I literally don't know No, apparently it. it's very inaccurate, but to be, and that's why it's pissing off Lord of the Rings fans, but... They've already kind of destroyed Star Trek for me with a lot of the new stuff, so I'm like, oh, okay, they're just doing that again. I'm not really that angry. I'm just... I'm just like... I'm, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just going to be really shitty about that. In that way, you Patronising. I'm just disappointed in you, Hollywood. Drake uses a lighter to reveal hidden text on a note that was left to him by Sam, so that he actually reveals a secret message. How it doesn't burn the paper, I don't know, but that's important that comes up later in the film it then jumps to the present and he actually states that it's the present though it's before the cargo plane stuff uh, yeah. which threw me initially i was like oh back to present and then it's like he's sitting on a train eh isn't he dying or falling over? but yeah so nate is on a train in new york he goes to his bog standard job as a bartender and while he's there, he starts chatting up a young woman and making her a cocktail. And I have to say this. Tom Holland does really well with the cocktail stunts. I know he they does. can be easily trained, but he makes it look fluid and effortless. Yeah. Uh, this this is one of my favourite scenes, in not it? Because uh, this this girl is a bitch. Mm. And uh, it's just begging. Like She's clearly like some spoiled rich girl. And he literally says something about, oh, well, it's only daddy's money anyway, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, because um, she just leaves the credit card with him, doesn't she? Yeah, and it's kind of like... Um, yeah, I'm. Gl- I'm glad he's about to steal from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as as Jamie stated there, yeah, he does in fact steal from her. He comes outside and continues like this sort of somewhat flirtatious small talk, but yeah, it's it was, only it was believable banter. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's literally only there so he can steal her um, bracelet. A bracelet from off of her wrist without her noticing. And then he goes back in, and it looks like the bars closing, and yet Solly is sitting there having a drink. Okay, um, Mr. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Mr. Marky, Marky Mark. Mark. Yeah. Mis- yeah, Mr. Beat someone half to death and got away with it. Well, yeah, he beats a lot of people to death in this film actually. So maybe it's. No, uh, I mean in real life. Yeah, I know. I know we don't reference that because he's now he's, he's clean. It is a shame because I actually really like him. in I like some Warburg. films. Yeah. Some films I don't like him. in. Mark Wahlberg, you have to cast him in particular types yeah. of roles. He's not. He's not really he's a, in Pain and Gain. Have you seen? Yes, Pain and pa- Gain? he was very good in Pain and Gain. Uh, he's good in Deep Water Horizon. If you've seen yep. that, it, there was a Martin Scorsese film he was in. Uh, uh, the Departed. Yes, and he was I've very good seen in that, one. that. He was funny in that. Like he, he's he's only a, sh- a brief role in it. But he's such an acidic bastard, and believably so, yeah. that, yeah, he, he goes up to him and goes... This is unbelievable. We'll put the fucking cameras in this place. Oh, who the fuck are you? I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> he's, in, he's in TED. He's in TED, yes uh, he is. He is in... Uh, the oh, is it stepdads, the one with Will Ferrell? Yes, uh, Now that's ruined by Will Ferrell, but he's good in it. Where he's, he's got that line where that kid's giving him... No, this is Pain and Gain, where the kid's giving him shit. Yes. And he goes, What the hell are you doing on the ground? That hurts. Well, it's supposed to hurt. That pain's what's going to save your life. Your cells remember where it hurts, and that's where they get strong. It's called Pain and Gain, You Don't be a little bitch. you going to man up? You better, because right now your sister's stronger than you. Give me your hand. Get up. What are you looking at, you little tubby broad? Don't eyeball me, boy. I see your mother driving up and down the street, looking at me. i would be your stepfather by the week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, fuck it out. Yeah. No. He's he's uh, he can be very believably acerbic, and he's, I think he's perfectly chosen for this role, actually. Yeah. No. He's good. The the highlight of the film is him and Tom Holland's banter. Yes. Those two. Their their chemistry is perfect. Magnetic. Hilarious. Their banter is genius. This film is at its best at all times when those two are together. This, this when only they're separated, a, it's not. It, yeah, it loses not good. Yeah, it loses this, some momentum. This only has a chance of being a franchise because of those two. Yeah, if it was um, two other people, I don't think this would have as much of a chance. Sully from the games? Yes, you know? uh, he was at least in the first game. So, spoiler alert for the very end. But anyone who's played the games will know this. Sully ends up with a moustache in one of the post-credit sequences. Right, so I was actually going to ask you this. Yeah, so he has a mustache in the games. So I was going to ask you this because I went to see it with Joe, and Joe was like, Oh, I think there'll be a post-credit scene because in the the trailer, Sully has a mustache. But I desperately needed a piss at this point. So I was like, like, I don't care. We'll get to that at the end then. There's actually two post-credit sequences. I saw the one in the jail. Yeah, 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 I saw yeah. That yeah. One. We'll get to, so we'll come back to that because that's we're right at the stop and we that's right at the end. How can one tell <gasps> the film is not paced well? Oh, I thought it was a well enough paced. But it's anyway, right we we'll, we'll, we'll get there as we go through. So Sully introduces himself and says he's impressed by the way that Nate stole the bracelet and invites him onto an adventure. Nate turns him down and basically says no and turfs him out of the by you know I'm not interested. So Sully goes, yeah, sure, all right then, leaves, and that's when Nate realizes that Sully has swiped the necklace and left his card. Yeah, sorry, yeah, the bracelet and left his card. So Nate then goes to uh, breaks into Sully's apartment and finds the Magellan poster. Not, not the no, it's that map <laughs> poster. <laughs> it's got it tacked up with blue tack. <laughs> I love Magellan. He's my favorite. Pulled pull out of his old Kerrang! magazine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, is there an actual rock band called Magellan? I bet it fucking is. That would be a great band name. I will fact check while you continue with the show. Sure thing. So yeah, while he's there, um, he's impressed that Sully has an authentic Magellan map. Sully reveals that he knew Nate's brother Sam and shows a photo as proof that he actually did uh, an awful lot of research on the Magellan lost gold with Sam. And he says that, but he states that Sam ghosted him. So he, he worked a lot with Sam. Sam ghosts him and Sully had hoped that Sam had contacted Nate. He invites Nate to join him again. Nate declines and goes home. He just decides, no, this is bollocks, it's not for me. Once he gets home, Nate opens up a big chest full of memories and postcards from his brother Sam. And he finds the ring necklace in there, puts it on and realises this is his opportunity. So he changes his mind and goes back to Sully. Right, that's the break, you found out. Uh, Yep. Magellan were, Magellan were a progressive metal-slash-rock band formed in San Francisco uh, by brothers Trent and Joel Wayne Gardner in 1985. The band's albums featured a number of well-known guest musicians such as Ian Anderson, blah, blah, blah. Uh, albums include Impending Ascension, House of Restoration, Impossible Figures, and they're all typical metal-style covers. Oh, okay, yeah, so very traditional. No, fair enough. It's a good name, so why not? So the next day... Sully and Nate are already together. They've already obviously made the decision they're working together. And Sully explains that what they need to do is Magellan had two keys. Mm. One on, from the ships there was the captain's key, which was Magellan's, and there was a crew key. And the idea was that to get to the gold, you had to have more than one person agree to, you know, basically unlock stuff at the same time mm. to reach it. And one of the keys they need is being auctioned. So they need to, well, quote-unquote, win the auction. Essentially, they need to steal it while the auction's going on and Sully tells Nate that he needs to figure out how to cut the power so that Sully can swipe the key so Nate goes and researches and trains up his body for you know it yeah, this this was a scene that we didn't need we didn't this need is, it this this is a supposed stroke su- english this try is, english this is as superfluous as the scene in Age of Ultron where Thor is just in a pool for no reason shirtless Yeah, literally this is just so we can all see how ripped Tom Holland, Holland is yeah. which don't get me wrong the dude's in incredible shape yeah, uh, he's but- he's one of them dudes I don't mean this as an insult Tom Holland but he's one of them dudes whose face doesn't match his body because he's got like a proper like <laughs> hunky, like body, hunky body but he still looks about 12 in yeah. his face Baby which fast. is why he's so convincing as Spider-Man yeah. and I have to say although I like him in this film we should have done this at the beginning. I think we're both in the justice for Nathan Fillion camp, right? Yes. Like oh, Tom said Holland, that because of his work. W- mm. On the surface, yes, but having seen how Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg fight for together, it, he? he lobbied for it for years. The poor yeah, bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Tom Holland, there are moments he's good. Don't he? he's very good in it. His two letdowns as his accent is fucking awful. Mm especially in some lines there was one line in particular that was really bad but i don't remember it unfortunately i didn't really catch his accent being that bad it's one where he's on the phone and he literally he just the accent just goes and he goes british again for a long time um (laughs) but the other problem is there are scenes where he looks far i know it's a prequel but there are scenes where you're literally looking at him going you're 12 you are 12 years old you're getting old No, he's very Mm. baby-faced. Again, as you say, that's what makes him right for Spider-Man, but Mm. when when he's meant to be becoming, at least, a storied adventurer, it's not quite grizzled Mm. enough. So, yeah, he researches trends, and he also looks up Sully's criminal record. I thought that was going to come to something, but it never does throughout the film. No, I was waiting for Sully to betray him. Well, we get to that but properly. But, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, is, when he looks up on the computer, he finds Sully in like the orange jumpsuit mm. uh, from a photo. So clearly he's been to prison. But we never find out why, who, when why yeah how he got out like what was it for we don't get any like it's literally just a oh so this guy's been to prison before yeah but it, it, there's no point in that reveal um, if it's setting up for a sequel fine but it's not the right place to do it if that's the case no. although I have to admit this joke we're about to get to was one of my favourite jokes in the film yes so he messages Sully that he needs a nice suit metal cutters and like leaves it at that first and then he goes, Oh hang, think gives it some thought and then types away, it's all done via text message. Oh and I need a cat. Mm-hmm. So he starts ty- typing back, clearly like what you the what's the fucking couple. For? And then suddenly he stops typing, it deletes and then he just goes sure okay no he just puts K (laughs) yeah he just puts K so the next day he comes along and he's got the the, he's he's measured it Nate up for a nice suit he's got the bolt cutters and he's got the cat and he goes what's the cat for and he goes oh that's just for you you seem lonely yeah you seem lonely I don't want a fucking cat (laughs) the cat is cute I mean as cute as cats can be dogs are better but you know well you're wrong but that's fine whoa 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 hang on a minute Michael Cole dogs are nowhere near as cute as cats You're you're having me on right now. How can a dog ever be as cute as a cat? Are you listening to yourself? Yes. Podcast over. I'm not saying dogs aren't cute, but they are not as cute as cats. uh, There's no way they could ever be. My friend, in the film Cats and Dogs, which side? No, no, no. In the film Cats and Dogs, which side were the good guys? It's a fiction, my friend. The dogs. The dogs were the good guys. In Lady and the Tramp, who's the good guys? The dogs, who's the bad guys? The Siamese cats. Yeah, but that was racism. Against cats. (laughs) (laughs) And Siamese people. Podcast cancelled, this will now become we're going to go watch Cats and Dogs and then we're going to have a brutal smackdown It won't change my mind because it's written by dog lovers who clearly don't know any better. Because dogs are far better than cats. How are they far better than... No, hang on, no, no, no. You've stated something different there. You said cuter first. Yeah, they are cuter. They're not, though. Of course they are. Dogs are nowhere near as cute as cats. Cats have got evil lizard-type eyes. Dogs have got big googly eyes. You've never looked at a cat, then? They've got round saucer-dish eyes, cats. Dogs have bug eyes. Dogs do not have bone. Half, no, half no, dog breeds die, can't die, breathe. Chihuahua. That's because humans have messed that's them up. That's not my fault, is it? We that's not, that's them. not my fault. They're still dogs. They still exist. Chewawas, as dogs, and they're Chewawas still board, useless Jesus. animals. There are very few absolutely useless breeds of well, cat. There are well, so well, many well, 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 absolutely well, useless well, 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 breeds of dogs. You want to say useless cats? When I say useless, why is it half the breeds of cats in the world are on the endangered fucking species list? Then because we murdered them. Yes, because we are a superior beast. And guess which animal sided with us? Dogs. No, they didn't. Yes, cats they did. We domesticated us. dogs. We domesticated cats. No, we didn't. Cats use us. They use us because like Because they're fools. smarter than dogs. You say that. Okay. What, who do police use to catch criminals? Because, dogs. Yeah. Who do firemen use? Dogs. Okay. What animal do they use to find stranded mountaineers? St. Bernard's, which is a type of. Wait for it. Cat. Dog. <laughs> Alright, but okay, let's film all right, all right. No no no, let's 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 turn this back then. If we were talking about people mm. What person, animal is scooby doo No, hold on. <laughs> Fuck scooby doo he's shit anyway. Uh, he's off his tits on weed. And he, he he's owned by a man who eats dog food. It's exactly. You're the not really is, selling. The bond between man and dogs cat I fucking like I, cats I, are best. I, I, I'm not gonna say I hate cats. But I hate cats. Like, but that's on, your fault. That's the, something wrong with on you. On the list of pets, I would have right. Cats are very low on the list, below hedgehogs, parrots, and turtles. Hedgehogs are cute. Parrots, they've at least got a fun purpose if they talk. But parakeets are better. Well, I'm going to and train... turtles are just because you like t- the TMNT. Well, I'm going to get a pet parrot and train it to say "Rory did it," so that when I die in mysterious circumstances and the cops come to find my body. And they're like, who could have done this? And the parrot will just go, Rory did it! And then they'll come arrest you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're planning to die under mysterious circumstances. And you know what it's will be me, used to of kill It will gonna... be a dog. Right. Because you won't accept a cat. So a cat How... wouldn't be able to kill How you. How many stories are there? Right. When, why when, do i care right, about how many when, fictional stories there are no no like no! real true, true life dogs. stories true life stories when a dog's owner dies there are hundreds of stories of dogs laying down in utter sadness and, yes. it, and passing away you know what cats yep. eat you um, maybe however here's the thing right it's because dogs aren't they're completely dependent creatures So they're not able to work independently. Cats can. Because they're... Well, you say that. What about... And I'm going to also raise one thing that cats do that dogs absolutely positively cannot do, Mm. which proves that cats have a level of empathy that dogs do not have. Right. Which is cats have a function which is to purr. And the purr is literally only designed to cause comfort for others they have a physical manifestation of causing comfort for others that dogs do not have dogs cannot purr but cat purring is the worst noise in the world you have never heard a cat purr then of course I've heard a cat purr my my ex had cats they purred all the time it's the most annoying fucking sound on the planet I mean you're just right. I would rather have a cuckoo really yes they kill other birds man Exactly. They're they're evil. Exactly. Evil. Yeah, but they're way more evil than cats. Woodpeckers, then. I'd rather have a woodpecker. They're just little just, holes in your walls. You'd, just, have, you'd lose your security the, deposit. The thing is, I don't even hate cats. Like, I don't hate cats. I don't hate but, dogs. But, but the point is... But the cat is cats, cuter than a dog. Cats are not cuter than dogs. They are cuter than dogs. This podcast has gotten very derailed. Yes. Because you're wrong. All the Discord... I'm not r- Right. Discord people. Uh, I need... In fact, this is going on... Specifically, specifically, the question that was asked was, are cats or dogs cuter? Okay? Not which are more useful. Not which can save you in a fucking forest fire. Not which are going to bring you a man of steak. Which one... Which which, one is cuter? Which animal is known as man's best friend? No, 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 no. No, no, no. That's the wrong question. Because that doesn't mean that they're cute. Humans are way more useful than dogs. And neither of us are arguing that humans are the cutest. I mean... Hollywood. <laughs> right, I'm I'm literally on Facebook right now. What are you doing? Um, absolute outrage tonight. Because you're wrong. Our podcast. No, no, we're going to find out, my friend. Cats are cuter. Rory says, "I want to tag you as well." Yeah, and we're going to let me. people vote. All right. At Rory, we'll look back at this at the end of the uh, at the end of the recording. Says, <laughs> "Cats are cuter." cuter. Than dogs. Bear in mind, I said, the, the, uh, the thing is cuter, not more useful. Yeah, I've put cuter, I've put cuter. Blat- so uh, I will disregard okay, anyone who goes, but dogs can do this. I don't give a shit. Are yeah. they cuter? It's blatantly incorrect. Please comment below whether you... Drugs, dogs stink. Think that doesn't help, does it? Dogs or... Cats don't stink. Cats... Dogs don't stink if you fucking dogs, bathe them. You don't need to bathe a cat, it keeps itself clean, it's smart. Please comment below whether you think dogs or cats are cuter. You don't have to walk a cat, it'll walk itself, it's smart. Yes, yeah, so you don't get any good time with it. You do get good time with it, you just don't let it out at night. That's what people get wrong, they le- th- that's why cats end up treating your house like a hotel. Because you let them treat it like a hotel. You keep them in at night, they give you cuddles, they give you love. That's what do you cats own do. cats? Yes. Right, that explains this. What? Because I've got... Yeah, of course it explains it. I've cats, got a preference, I t- so I, I bought the I'll tell you what cats do. And this is why my gran is terrified of cats. Because she's an idiot. Cats <laughs> curl upon your face while you're sleeping and no, they suffocate not No, you. they don't. That's a lie. They jump over you and wake you up in the night. That's fucking annoying. That's called assholes. Yes, but you don't let them sleep in the room with you then. Simple solution. I don't understand why... Just because you know morons... Also, what's to stop a dog from lying on your face? So... They quick, lie very, on your face the, the same amount of cats very quick very quick funny story because this this proves my point no it doesn't so when i, I was regimes. when i was younger I, I had a pet dog who was a jack russell terrier oh, cross oh they're the worst wait they're wait the for fucking it worst. so she was a jack russell terrier cross as you know jack russells are quite small dogs yes and aggressive and evil and oh, violent she wasn't candy no, was not I, at I all disagree. Uh, i disagree candy had been i'm candy. judging your dog just no, by breed no candy candy was bought up uh, she was a rescue uh, and we think her previous owners were abusive because she was very scared of a lot of things. Right. But anyway, we went to Flamingoland, which is a theme park in Scarborough. Oh, one holiday, okay. It's like it's a theme park and zoo all in one. Sure. Uh, we're in a caravan. One night, Candy escapes. So we end up getting these park rangers to help us find her. Yeah. We find Candy in the tiger pen. She's a Jack Russell, remember? Yeah. And the fucking tigers are cowering in fear. Tigers! Yes. Cowering in fear of a Jack okay. Russell. Allow me to explain why this is. Because tigers, despite the fact that they're known for killing other creatures for meat... And being vicious as fuck, yeah. But they're not that violent. Right. Right. Because other cats can attack and scare off tigers, and that's happened all the time. They're scared of smaller cats. They don't attack smaller creatures, because actually, weirdly enough, it's proven they have a level of empathy. Because when something is small, they assume it's a baby, and they don't, apart from the few sociopathic ones, most of them but don't kill the baby. Yeah, <laughs> most of them don't kill babies. In fact, there's been times where cheetahs and tigers and things like that have actually defended mm. a baby when they're doing a hunt. I literally a baby don't... of another species that should be. I, I literally don't know if we can even continue this podcast at this point. <laughs> I am literally like, let's get back on topic because it's okay. late, and yes. I actually I actually want to get the free guy episode recorded tonight. Yeah, no, as well. okay, cool. Right, but my. God, I'm seeing you in a whole new light now. Just because you're wrong, it's not my fault. I'm going to make a fit. Joe, I'm going to lobby. All this started because I said the cat was cute. It was an opinion and you couldn't hack it. Here's what I'm going to do now (laughs) to make your life a living hell. Now that we're in partnership together as a business, I am going to lobby. As we get more successful and we start getting bigger franchises in, I'm going to make sure that we are the studio that gets a contract from Disney. To remake 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. And then I'm going to assign you as the Dalmatian Wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, they just all go missing. It's weird. Because throughout the film they go missing. Do, do so you, I don't have, do you, don't do, you, have to... do you watch 101 Dalmatians and root for Cruella de <laughs> She's got the right idea. No, to be fair the Dalmatians the Dalmatians I don't have a problem with I don't here's the thing I don't have a problem with big dogs I find them relatively cute I still think they smell and I don't like the fact that they lick everything with their horrible smelly tongue but big dogs I'm fine with small dogs can fuck right off they are not cute they are vile Chihuahuas, Chihuahuas are. I'll yeah. give you Chihuahuas. I'm not a fan of Ch- pugs. I'm not a fan of pugs. Pugs before they were bred to the violent point where they can't breathe. Yeah, but at least pugs aren't violent. Yeah. Jack Russells, Chihuahuas, all of that small small yeah. thing. They can. I, I'd rather oh, kick yeah. them. I want to kick is, them. That is humans' fault because we've bred them to be so tiny that they're terrified of everything, which makes them react aggressively. Yeah, of course. That's why they are. And but this is are, a good thing. Let's but you've just got, say remember, they are still the same species, yeah. but, and they are still useless, but pointless creatures that shouldn't be existing. Let's just say. This is a good thing. Not that I'm into genocide. (laughs) Let's just... You know, it is a good thing that countries are starting to bring in laws against breeders Mm. that have ruined dog breeds. I know. Um, We're we're, we're the worst species. Of course we are. We're far worse than cats or dogs. We all know that. This is Planet of the Apes, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking dogs. You know in Moscow, last dog story... Just cause this is a course one of my yeah, favourite yeah, yeah. dog stories. Uh, Moscow has a terrible wild dog problem. Yeah. Um. And but the wild dogs have actually And the women formed... aren't much better. But oh. just... The the wild dogs have formed a society, and they actually do have a level of intelligence. They can ride. They, do, yeah. they can ride the Moscow subway, and they've been observed. They seem to know when and where to get off, and they've also mastered the art of when they want to beg for food. They send the smallest, youngest dogs. Wow. To beg for food. That's cool. Because people aren't going to give food to a mangy-looking Yeah, yeah, of course. Dog, older dog. But they'll give it to a puppy. Yeah. And then the puppy brings the food back for but the cat. Cats, the cats do the same. I know, but I'm just saying yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a cool No, no, it's a cool fact, story. I like. No, yeah, I, I agree. Communist th- dogs. Yeah. Here's the <laughs> thing. Like, people are going to hear that rant that we've both had. We've both ranted. <laughs> that, went a li- to me, that was 20 minutes. That we was went a tw- little bit overboard. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, people are going to hear that rant and assume that I loathe dogs and you loathe cats. The truth is, I don't loathe dogs. I loathe some dogs. Yeah. But dogs in general are fine. I like dogs. I just think cats are cuter. Tell you another pet I'd have instead of a cat an iguana. Mainly because I just like saying the word iguana. <laughs> <laughs> They're annoying. They iguana. don't do it. They're boring. I don't find them very A sugar glider. You ever seen a sugar glider? No. Basically, imagine a mini squirrel. But it can glide like fucking knuckles, and <laughs> literally you can have them as pets in America. And there's loads of videos on YouTube. They literally will just crawl up your wardrobe, and you'll be like watching TV, and this fucking squirrel will just sail across your room That's and amazing. land on the curtain. And they're honestly they're probably like the length of my finger. Like, That's they're cool, really man. small. Right. So cat was cute. Regardless, the cat in the film yeah, was. I'm going to keep an eye on our. Uh, I am going to keep an eye on that pole. Well, we, we, well we could check it at the end, I suppose, the mm. other way. Um. So outside the auction. Nate choosing some bubbelicious gum. and the reason Bubble I, yum. Bubble yum, is it? Okay. He repeat, yeah, he repeatedly yeah. says it's bubble yum. Yeah, and it, it's a kind of a, a good bit of banter between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. But the only reason I mention it, because it seems pointless, is that it, it, weirdly enough, comes up several times throughout the film bubble yum gum. Um, Santiago exits his old red Mercedes, so we see the Mercedes uh, prior to its tumble out of the plane. Uh, And he turns out he's another bounty hunter. In fact, he's the main guy looking for the keys as well. So inside the auction room, Nate catches Braddock's eye and says so excitedly to Sully, oh, this girl's looking at me. And Sully's just like, look, if you see that woman coming your way, you run the other way. Like, she's bad news. Nate does what he's told and runs the other way as Braddock approaches. So Braddock chats to Sully instead, and it becomes clear that the two have history, but are now rivals. Mm. They've got some history. We don't know all the details of that. But considering how rivalries end up happening in this film, it seems probably at some point they've probably screwed each other over. Um, So, yeah, Nate is looking at the key inside of like this glass plinth. And Santiago, which is Antonio Banderas, comes up and starts talking about it. And Santiago passively threatens Nate. Braddock then sends her her guards to keep an eye on Nate as the auction starts. Nate puts his gum on the door and then enters the maintenance area whilst the key is going up for auction. Now, at this point, Sully and Nate both have earpieces in so they can communicate with each other without anyone else hearing. This is the joke I remember from the trailer. Yeah. Uh, What, the Scotsman? No, uh, when he's like, don't put your ear to your, your oh, you your finger to, ear to ear. it. You look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Scotsman follows him in. Shouldn't he have come out to play with a big boy's in Because you're about to get a proper Scottish welcome. What? And it's, show, it's a very, very thick Scottish accent. And Tom Holland just goes, and he starts talking too fast to understand, as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Tom Holland's just like what (laughs) which which got uh so it was a in terms of audience size in the showing i saw i'd say the cinema was just under half full yeah uh that got a laugh from most people to be fair the scotsman was funny Mm. most of his appearances it turns out that essentially nate can't do the job and basically break the lights because he's getting attacked by a big massive scotsman Mm. so he ends up having to run sully's starting to have to bid on this thing with money yeah. he doesn't and we're, have. and we're up to, like, three million, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, kid, I can't keep bidding, you know, you need to do something about the lights. Nate can't do anything about the lights, he's now run upstairs, and to try and escape getting beaten up by the Scotsman and the other guard, who isn't given much screen time at all, he ends up jumping into, like, they've got these big hanging tube Lights, lights. yeah. He jumps on the tube lights, which creates a massive diversion... So Sully then uses that opportunity to take the key... Yeah, disguises himself as one of the ushers, doesn't That's he? That's right, so he can take the key and put it to safety, on quotation marks. Vault. But yeah, yeah, he's actually taking it for himself. As Nate falls from the ceiling lights, because they pull out the ceiling, flans lands on the ground and gets surrounded by guards. Mm. He sees Sully, and Sully just goes well, kid, it's been nice working with you, and basically he's going to abandon him there to get arrested. He's like, hey, where are you going? He's like, I told you, it's all for yourself in this business, kid. And leaves him. Nate manages to get out of that scenario. Mm -hmm. Braddock follows Sully and attacks him, but because Sully is dressed like an usher, he gets the actual venue staff to protect him. So Braddock essentially gets beaten back while he runs to the car. When Sully gets in the car, Nate's already there waiting for him. And starts to bicker with him, but it turns out that Solly has the key, and they're ready to go. And their next location is going to Barcelona. Barcelona. Now, what do you remember of the Barcelona segment? Did you want to read? Because this is a lot of lot of me yeah, talking. You're, you're, Did you want me? You're to... going really in depth with the plot. Yeah, uh, uh, so maybe... allow me to speed up. Yeah. Basically, do. we go to Barcelona. It's Barcelona. You get to see, I never remember the name of it, but that giant cathedral that they have in Barcelona. Yes. Um, And here the plot kind of starts to kick in properly. Yeah. Uh, So first things first, we meet Chloe. Yeah. Who is, it kind of seems like she's another partner of Sully's, but she hasn't been told that Drake's gotten involved. Yeah. So she's very distrustful and is like, no, fuck this, whatever. Walks off. Mark Wahlberg is like, do you still have the cross? He's like, yeah, it's in my bag. And he's like... Check your bag. And he's like, what? Check your bag. And he opens his bag. And of course, she's took the cross. Yeah. So you get a bit of a cool uh, chase sequence here. Where they're I they not know that the-, the chase sequence was really well done. Yeah, actually. so it's good camera angles. They're going over these roofs that are kind of divided. So there's loads of light. Imagine basically a giant chess grid with raised squares. And they're running between these squares. Yeah. And you get a fairly funny throwaway line where Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland, they run into each other inadvertently. Yeah. And Mort, uh, Tom Holland says something to him about running faster. And Mott Wahlberg's like, fuck you, I got a bad ankle. I can't be running around and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's a reason for Mark Wahlberg to do less action. <laughs> yeah. But basically, uh, they end up chasing across a fountain, which Tom Holland falls into. Chloe makes it to her car. Mm-hmm. and tom holland basically in an act of desperation throws himself in front of the car yes and he's like no like you can't even if you go off with the key you've no idea where to use it yeah. or anything like that And he's that. actually figured it out which no one else has yet where the yeah they're looking for a tree aren't they but there's like millions yeah. of trees because uh have we, have we actually mentioned is. that uh mark Wahlberg has got magellan's notebook Yes. Have we oh no, that? I haven't mentioned that note. They sorry. they've got Magellan's notebook yeah. that's got all of the clues on how but to find Sully the Sully can't actually it? read it. He pretends he does for a little while, but he does eventually admit that he can't read it. Yeah. He's just looking at the pictures. Yeah. She eventually relents and gives in and is like, Fine, we're gonna have to work together. You then get now, I'm just gonna look at the notes. So I can't remember what order it went in, whether it was Santiago's dad or if it was the wine sequence first. It's nope. the dad's Yeah, the dad So person. we then meet Santiago's dad, whose name I actually forget. Oh, it doesn't really matter. But it's another, it's another ma- member of the Madako Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's his dad. Uh, and basically what we learn... His dad is, is giving up the business. ...is man. that basically Antonio Benderas is a giant trust fund baby yeah. who hasn't worked for anything in his life... And has just inherited all this money, and his dad has decided to give all that money away to charity. Yeah. Because he's not prepared to fund what he views as a mad quest for this gold anymore. Yeah. Because I think the other thing we've not mentioned is the reason Antonio Banderas feels he's owned, owed this gold is Magellan's original voyage hundreds of years ago was funded by the Madako family. Right. Yeah. And um, they feel robbed. Of their yeah, investment. They, yeah, he got the gold and they never received it. Yeah. So Santiago's pretty angry and he tries to convince his dad. You actually get a couple of scenes where they argue. One is at their headquarters where they're doing an excavation. Yep. And then you get one at a park bench in front of that huge church that I mentioned. Yes. That one is, I'm sure, is called the Cathedral of St. Paul, I think. Probably. I, I um, don't really know much about churches. It's huge. It's, I think it's the biggest church in the world. I've, I've been next, I've been in Barcelona in front of a massive cathedral. It might even be that one, yeah. but I don't never remember the name um, of it. And it's this so this is where I start to have a problem with the film because one, this little subplot ultimately goes nowhere. Yep. And two, it's also predictable as shit. Yeah, so he has Braddock kill his dad to yeah, stop his dad from getting rid of all of the family. Of assets. all the money. You then get a scene in what I believe is Chloe's villa, yeah. where the three of them are drinking. Red wine. You get a joke where I noticed. Uh, I noticed Mark Wahlberg mispronounces Rioja. Yeah, uh, he calls it Rihoa, but yeah. I've always heard it's pronounced Rioca.
1: I have no idea about wine. wine,
0: so either uh, it could be right or neither. Yeah, um, and you get a scene where like Mark Wahl- basically Tom Holland just necks this wine, don't he? Yeah, and he's Tom like, Ho- oh, that's it's like several generations old. It's yeah, a really good just, vintage. Yeah, you and should savor it. He's just knocking he just, it back like whiskey, isn't he? Yeah. And in this scene, you kind of get... Is this where she warns him about not to trust Sully? Yeah, so she doesn't say what, but she there's the insinuation. She says to Sully about that he should tell Nate about yeah. what happened with the brother, um, but we, we're we not actually told what that is yet. Yeah, and you get the punchline to the cat joke here, where yeah. we learn that he's, Mark Wahlberg actually cares for the cat. Yeah, now. and he's, he's, he's worried that the, uh, the babysitter isn't actually looking after it. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, it, basically, the clue that they find, they basically realise that it's the symbol for a church, the tree is. Yes, it's and, on the outside of a church. And isn't the it? passage in the book says that one of them has to go to heaven yep. and one goes to hell. And there's two pathways, isn't there? One, there is. One, so, one which is above ground and one which is below ground. So they mess they mess around in this church a bit. We're not going to go through this whole bit because there's no point. The only thing but I they, would mention in the church is that while he's there, Nate sees a postcard, which is exactly the same as one yeah. of the postcards his brother has sent. It's, it Implying kind of, his brother was there at one Yeah, point. but that it doesn't really go anywhere specifically in the scene. That's yeah. the only thing that I thought was So wrong. they explore this church and they eventually find the clue that point them in the right direction of where to use these keys. Yeah. So and now they it, have to choose heaven or hell. Yeah, and they end up separating with Nate and Chloe go to hell. Yep, and Sully goes to heaven. To heaven. Braddock uh, sees Sully leave. So essentially what yeah. they're doing is Sully is on street level. Yes. And they're down below street level. Yeah, Nate, Nate takes Sully's phone and makes it's it so GPS that they can, they can track each other. Yeah. And funnily enough, the hell tunnel actually leads to a converted nightclub, doesn't it? Yes. I quite liked this scene. This scene was cool. I I like the idea of it. The one thing I would say, though, is just before we get to them getting to the underground rave, as it were, Braddock follows Sully sees yep. him leave and follows him, and then tells the Scotsman and the other guard to go and For tail Nate and uh, Chloe. Also, in the tunnels, you get a really forced Marvel-type joke oh, really? where there's a split path, oh, where yeah. she's like, we're going this way because of the eye of God, and he's like, no, we're following the arrow, and as soon as he follows the arrow, all these spikes come out, and he's just like... Yeah, let's go your way. And it was such a Marvel style joke. Yeah, there's there's Um, obviously a lot of Marvel influence in the way they've written this script, which is which is something that is starting to infect all modern movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's free guy as well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll probably get to this towards the end, but this is quite common as you say in Hollywood films. We're getting to a point now where there's not a lot of originality left. Yeah, but the monotonous. Level like the basic kind of it's good enough mm. in filmmaking is at least fun enough to be acceptable. Yeah. It's not that these aren't dire films, yeah. but they are they are average because mm. they're all doing the same thing with not much inspiration. They're not taking yeah. risks. Yeah. So anyway, and this is common in Hollywood and across the board. So Nate and Chloe they find the the keyhole that they need. And they turn theirs before Sully has found his. And what this does is it starts filling their chamber with water. From the fountain above. From the fountain above. And what's what's clearly supposed to happen is you're meant to then turn the other key straight after, which opens a door. And lets the two underground out before they drown. Yeah, again, the idea being that uh, back to Magellan's men, at least two people need to agree to take the treasure, not just one. That's it. But the problem is, Mark Wahlberg can't find his keyhole, and when he finally does find it's it... behind Braddock a glass t- wall. Braddock turns up. In a, in a up. Papa John's. Yeah, in a Papa <laughs> John's. Braddock turns up again. And I must admit, I liked this fight scene. Yes. Um, because it was, I'll tell you what was nice was we've talked a lot about gendered film and stuff like that lately. And When thi- women fight, it tends to be a cat fight, generally, rather well, than... Well, and, like and just know. things and where... changing over time, uh, Like you mentioned in Welcome to Raccoon City that they'd like nerfed the men and stuff like this. Yes. This feels like a fairly even fight, yeah. and it's an exciting fight, and they definitely don't treat Braddock with kid gloves. No. I mean, for fuck's sake, she gets thrown through the window, yeah, yeah. which was pretty brutal. <laughs> That's normally what they do to henchmen, rather than... The main sort of main villain, yeah. yeah. So suffice to say it, and it's uh, good. I, I agree with you. That it's, it's a good It's something, scene. It's something that I pra- I will praise this film for is that it's decided right. We're going to have a villain. This villain's going to be female. She's going to be cutthroat, and therefore she's going to get as she's going to get as good as she gives. Yeah. There's yeah, no, not there's footing around. Yeah, there's no like she's so super powerful that no one could ever defeat her because Sully is kind of even keeled. She's just and still it's a human bounty hunter. Yeah. yeah, and it's believable as well. There's yeah. a lot of these where it's like a really skinny rakish woman versus a hench bloke. Yeah, she's hench as fuck. Isn't she's she is well girl? built. This girl, and and to be fair, you can imagine that she could probably go toe to toe with Mark Wahlberg for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. which she does. And he's and an, an older man at this point. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Sort of like and he's waters. meant to have an injured ankle, as he says earlier. Yeah. so he's not in his prime. Yeah, and so. they've set up they've set the story up nicely for this fight to be believably tense you don't know it could go either way yeah so then they, uh, he do- eventually does turn his key. That allows Nate and Chloe to get to the final door. He has to revive uh, Chloe, Chloe back, he? Uh, Yeah, so yeah. We, we again get reinforced that Nate's a good guy mm. because he actually has an opportunity to just move on without her. Take and he doesn't. And he yeah. goes back and gets her. They get through the final door. They find these huge pots of what they think is going to be gold. Yeah, the massive urns are taller than they are. They're huge. They're eight feet tall. Yeah. And they turn out to just be full of salt. Yes. Uh, and a map... A, yeah, one, of, new, them, one new, of them has a map in it. Yeah, a new Magellan's map yeah. that actually indicates that the path only starts there. Yeah. And the gold is actually over in Indonesia. Yeah, so they state, I think I wrote right on here, that um, essentially the gold never made it to Philippine, Barcelona. Barcelona. It, yeah, it, they, it, they essentially it went to the Philippines instead. Yeah, so at this point, Chloe decides to betray... Yes. Nate, which... The the recurring theme of this film... It's almost the opposite of a Marvel theme, to be fair. Yeah. A Marvel film, it would have been... Well, we would work ma- together eventually. Well, what makes him the hero is that he doesn't sink to their level and keeps trusting them. Yeah. But actually, the overall theme of the film... Everyone ...is... He succeeds when he learns to betray people as well. Yeah, 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 and, um, and that's that's the thing that Sully teaches him. Ironically, because like, that's the downside to Sully is that you can't trust him. Yeah, but it's because you can't trust anyone else yeah. anyway. So and you might it's, it's kind you end up with kind of this uh, better the devil you know. Yeah. And just before she takes the map, she tells him to ask Sully about what really happened to his brother. Yeah, so when it comes back, Nate wakes up. Sully's managed to get down into the chamber. When Nate wakes up, obviously he's got questions about Sam, what happened with Sam. Sully... So the story that Sully tells is that Braddock shot and killed Sam. Mm. So Sully... uh, Well, shot Sam, He he didn't die straight away. But Sully basically ran away and left Sam. Sam to die. And he's like, there's no point of both of us dying, otherwise nothing would have been accomplished, so I just left him. But uh, the suggestion is that Braddock was the one who shot Sam, and which is why he was left. And assumedly, he was then killed by Braddock. Yeah. Um, this builds up... Th- the reason that's important is that it comes up in the plane sequence later. Yes. So we'll come back to that when we get um, there. We're not far off that, to be honest. No. We're, we're over we're halfway we're, through the yeah, film. Yeah, we're about to catch up to the beginning again. Yeah. So basically, uh, you have a really weird scene... Where we go back to the apartment and Tom Holland is packing makes sense. He's just found out his business partner's betrayed him, but then basically decides to still work with him. Well, he wants to finish the job that the, the, the mission that his brother started, mm, um, just, it but didn't he feel like a believe. I th- think there, there needed to be more to time. explain it. There yeah. had to be more time between him changing his mind. Yeah, uh, I think they tried to push the film along, but they pushed it along yeah. too fast for what. For that transition, yeah. there needed to at least be a scene where he either, either is at a bar and sees someone, and that, like, just some rando who chat gives him the wisdom or something yeah. to, you know, go, well, you might as well see it through, otherwise you'll never know, yeah. or something like that, and that's what changes his mind. So, but you're right, he just sort of turns on a dime and decides. Yeah. And we learn at this point that Chloe actually also works for Santiago. Yeah, so he was, uh, he, she'd betrayed them from the whole. from the beginning beginning. and And Braddock's quite pissed off about this yeah because Braddock wasn't aware and Santiago is going to replace braddock with chloe and chloe's going to be in charge of the security arrangements yes so they load up their airplane they've got the and car on there they've uh, got this the cargo. is so this is where we we now see what happened inside the plane yes which is he's giving a great big speech isn't he santiago yeah saying and this, how, so how is, his family was owed and, yeah here's my next problem because you can just tell you can tell what's coming from the way the camera lingers on him and the way he's hamming up this last speech. Yeah, it's and a bit too finale, isn't it? But for it's his, too for finale. For and his, it's yeah. also too rambly. It's yeah. really of. Like, the, the whole point of the speech is to establish, th- as if we didn't know already, is to establish, oh, this dude's actually an idiot. Like, yeah. he's actually a spoiled idiot who can't do anything I for himself. I think there was, there was a better way to do this. Like, not necessarily. In fact, it would have been better if he wasn't an idiot. Uh, or at least not a complete idiot, because he's been quite cutthroat. He's he's mm. he's the reason that his daddy's dead. I think because he ordered Braddock to do it. I, and I think at this point he should have been a bit more cutthroat. And then yeah. his because essentially Braddock kills him, doesn't she? Yeah. she slits his throat. I think and it would have been a bit more shocking if he'd been like he's the hench guy in charge. Yeah. And then oh, he's gone. I think they probably thought that casting Banderas would make the twist less obvious because people would think, oh, well, Banderas is a big name. Yeah. They're not going to do that to him. But actually, the thing is, that backfires on you because Banderas is a very good actor. I really like Antonio Banderas, especially when he plays villains. Yes. Have you ever seen a Pedro Almodovar film called The Skin I Live In? Oh, no. Uh, It's a foreign language film Mm. and it's all told out of order so you have to really watch it. But he's fucking phenomenal in it Mm. and he's so creepy. Wow, um, he's a, I've got. On he's a DVD. very diverse actor. I've seen him in multiple different things, and mm. he's very good in them. Yeah. He, the, what I would say is the worst thing about this scene for the character of Santiago. Obviously, then he dying for himself because that's bad for him. But as a as an audience member. That it is that the speech is rambly, and almost kind of runs a bit counter to the actions that have happened so far, because he starts talking about, like, prior to this, when they're loading up the plane, he's, he, ha- for some reason, has his fucking red Mercedes loaded onto the plane. He uh, says it's a good look charm. Well, no, he? He's, he explains that it's this emotional story for him that his father gave him that car on his 18th birthday, and it was, like, the one time his father was, like, proud of him and gave him something that was truly, you know, unique for him. Uh, so you're like, OK, but you've already murdered your dad. So that, that, you know, that moment might have worked better had you not murdered your dad. Yeah. And then when he's on the plane doing that rambling speech, it's all about the, you know, the, you know this is owed to me because this is the family. And, you know, he's trying to almost excuse why he murdered his father because yeah. his father sort of betrayed the, the family. The, but it's... It, yeah, it's bollocks yeah. and it's unnecessary. And because yeah. the character dies, all of the information we're given about the emotion of the car and you know the the, the history of the family it disappears at this yeah. point. It, it just, just falls feels, out of yeah, nowhere. It feels like it makes that whole. It makes a lot of the beginning feel like um, unnecessary padding. Yeah, yeah. It's like now um, this is all filler rather than actual yeah. story. But basically, Braddock kills him, and then all of his henchmen. all in line with her basically just without even fucking discussing it are like well we're, a we're with you now even though she's not the rich bitch who was paying them no and mercenaries famously, if they get the gold yeah then... but i i feel not that i know any mercenaries but i feel <laughs> Tell like me more about your friends <laughs> I, I feel like most mercenaries are the pay up front type of people yeah uh but anyway chloe has the good sense to realize this is going to go bad for her yeah and so she skedaddles scarples. in what is literally one of the most unconvincing scenes you have ever seen because it's a fairly small room where they yeah. kill it. and she just kind of proper, she's, almost comedy style. You know, like when oh, she just sort of slides out of frame. I and was going to say, gone. you know, yeah. the meme where Homer fades into the bushes. <laughs> yeah, it's that level yeah. of um of obvious. They didn't think and, of a way to get her out of the yeah. room convincingly, so they just kind but of tricked it with the just camera. Ha- they could have just had a run, but Braddock's then like where Wait, did, where did go? Chloe go? And all these all henchmen who were literally just looking at her were yeah. like. Oh. To, to explain for because like, 'cause I'm guessing a lot of people may not have seen it yet, where they where this room is, it's incredibly bright. There's no like it's walls or anything blocking any vision. There's no shadowy a, corners. Yep. There's a raised platform that both Braddock and Chloe and previously Santiago are on. And the the guards are all looking in that direction right at them. And Chloe is about a metre, if that, away from Braddock when she's killed Santiago. So the fact that she just slides and there's no door to the sides of the plane mm. just to disappear out the back. Yeah, so the behind fact that no the henchmen. Yeah, either behind all the henchmen or from behind Braddock. One mm. of the two. But either way, she would have had to have walked through the soldiers. Yeah. Or she would have had to walk through the back in view of the soldiers. Yeah. And the fact that everyone's like, oh, yeah, she's gone. How did she do? It's like, yeah. dude, like, cut." it's a set. <laughs> Build a set with a wall she can disappear behind. So at, at this point we, we head into the cargo hold of the plane yes, and it turns and the out bonnet of the red Mercedes did we say it was? I think it's the boot of the red Mercedes, yeah. The boot of yeah. the red Mercedes pops open and we realise that that's where Nate and Sully and Nate have been stowed away for the whole flight yes. and you get a quick line where I think it's Nate says that's the worst 10 hours of my life or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they crawl out not realising that all the soldiers are in the cargo hold. Yes. So then like, oh shit, we better hide. So they're trying to hide behind all the cargo and sneak their way to the front, to the back of the plane where the cargo hatches. Yes. So they can jump out, because they've got the map, haven't they? The yeah, point? so they've, they've checked and seen that Santiago's dead, taken the map, and they've decided they have to go. So as they're trying to leave, basically the idea for, from Sully is that they each grab a parachute and run to the back and then parachute the out jump. to safety. Yeah. yeah. Which he does, but... Nate can't let it go. He has to stop in, like, in the middle of the thing. Shout out to Braddock. Did you kill my brother? Yeah, did you kill my brother? Braddock looks genuinely confused. So whether Braddock even shot Sam is questionable at this point because she looks like she's like, what? Like She genuinely looks like she doesn't have a clue what he's on about. Did you kill Sam? Did you kill my brother? And then they start firing. When Sully pulls his parachute, he flies out to safety. Chloe... I think it's Chloe decides to chop the safety line that keeps all the cargo in the cargo bay. No, and he pulls it. Oh, he pulls, Nate, it. Nate, Nate Drake pulls, Drake pulls it. it. Right. So, yeah, he pulls it, and all of the cargo comes out, and that's where we get to meet in the intro. What they do, which is quite clever, I suppose, not overly intelligent, but it's fair enough, is rather than show his trajectory out all and back again. into the plane, we see Chloe's fight this time instead. And, and we just briefly cut back to see where he... Like where he is in the timeline. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's quite cool because it means that we've seen yeah. the same scene from two different angles it's now. It's a cool idea, and you realise yeah. that sh- she was the one in the car when it drove out. Yeah, so she actually drove it out as well. It didn't just fall out. She yeah. actually physically put it in uh, gear and drove th- it this, out. This is the most... And this is where we get the spider- aforementioned Spider-Man. Yeah, this whole lot is... Ter- to the car. Yeah, I, I like the idea, but the actual execution is terrible. So she hits him with the Mercedes. He falls out. The car falls out. And he manages to to land on the car he doesn't as you say he doesn't really cling to it. he sort of lands on it and he's just sort of able to kneel on it yeah with the wind blowing his hair, but he's not like being pulled away from it like he would be. Mm. The car would probably have. A slightly faster terminal velocity at this point. I know that eventually everything falls at the same speed, but from where they are, I don't think they would have hit terminal velocity yet. So at this point, the car should fall faster because it weighs more. I would assume than my <laughs> top one would imagine. Um, but she opens the driver door and it like, rips it right off. winds it, it? rips right off. So she then climbs onto the front again. Like the wind's blowing her hair, but she's not clinging to the car. She just sort of like climbs out to the front of it and is like, "What are you doing? Ra 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 ra! I've got a plan." Jump to that cargo block because it's got a parachute on it. So she dives off of the car, lands on the parachute on the cargo box, and as he tumbles, she grabs him in the same fashion that yeah. Sam did at the beginning. And that's who actually saved him. It wasn't Sully, in this case, it was Chloe. And then the cargo crate they pull the, t- the parachute, they land safely in the Banda Sea, and they're floating there for a while a bit lost. So we're in the Banda Sea yep. and they pull up onto the beach. And this is the moment that the film decides to grind to a halt to cram in what might be the worst Easter egg since It's Jill's Sandwich. Sure. Right, so I didn't actually have a big problem with this scene. I do agree that it slows down the pace of the film at this point. Mm. This is, if they were going to do this, they should have done it earlier in the film. Yeah, like Um, at at the auction. At the auction or something like that. Or even, like, you know, I mentioned there's the point where he needs to change his mind this could have been the guy at the bar that gives him the wisdom to change his mind. But instead what happens is they they find an island beach, they wash up there, and as they walk out, absolutely obviously drowned in water as they walk up, there's a guy lying on a beach chair and the, the actor lying on a beach chair is Nolan North. Mm. Now, for those who don't know Nolan North, he does you'll, you'll have heard him if you played any video games in the last 20 years. Um, he, but he's been, quite famously, almost every character under the sun, mm. including, in this case, Nathan Drake in the games. Yeah. So the character of Nate is played by Nolan North in the video games. When he sees him and goes, hey, what the hell happened to you guys? Nate replies, we fell out of a car that fell out of a plane. And North replies with, something like that happened to me once. And I think that's probably, again, as I say, the reference to Uncharted 2. Yeah. If it's not the train sequence, then there's probably another game where exactly that sequence the has happened. Is, so if but... they'd have cut it after that first line, if it was just, what happened to you two, we fell out of a car that fell out of a plane... That wouldn't have ground the pace. Like, just end it there. Mm. You don't. When people do cameos like this, they should never have more than one line. Mm. Um, Here's or... the thing that the problem is is there's so many films that do this, and I'm not defending the scene. Again, I think it's badly positioned. Mm. I still think it should have happened earlier in the film. I don't think the concept is bad, though I do appreciate when normally when they bring an actor in, it's normally an actor who has visually played the role, not just done the voice. Yeah, so people recognise Yeah, people look at the face and go, oh, that's so and so yeah because um, I can't imagine most people would have realised who it was even mm. people who've casually played the games don't usually look into who voice actors are yeah it would only be hot. to be fair though this even gives if the they name, knew the name Nolan North they wouldn't necessarily know the face of yeah. Nolan North to be fair this gives mm. me um, this gives me an experience of what it must have been like to watch Ro- Welcome to Raccoon City if you weren't a Resident Evil fan and yeah. therefore didn't pick <clears> up all the references yeah yeah um, one thing doing- I would say there are, there are a few films that have done this uh, that are also niche And one of the main examples of it I can think of recently, though, it it happens across everywhere. Like in the entire Marvel universe, until the poor bugger died, used to have Stan Lee Lee in every single film, and he'd always have a line or two almost in every film as a bit of banter on his existence there. But the one I want to pull out is actually a Quentin Tarantino film, which is Django Unchained, which is a visual remake of well, it's completely different, but it's based on an old series of Django, which was I believe nineteen sixties spaghetti western movies and the original actor of Django is in Django Unchained at the bar and it's the point where Jamie Fox walks into a bar and there's a guy like a grizzled guy sitting at the bar. What's your name? Django. Can you spell it? D-J-A-N-G-O. The D is silent. I know. And the guy, the reason he knows is because he was originally Django. Yeah. Obviously, the original Django was white, not black. Right. So, it's... The thing is, you really had to know spaghetti westerns to know that that guy was Django, most people don't even know there were Django films before Django Unchained. Yeah, I so, always like to blow people's mind with that one. Yeah, but that's the thing. So, uh, I, I don't think this is anywhere near as niche as that. Yeah. At least Nolan North is A, current, and B, been in an established franchise that people know recently. Yeah. But it is a bit weird because, again, as we said, he's not a visual face yeah. of uh, Nathan Drake. He's yeah. just the voice in a video I'd say just that's really putting him down yeah, doesn't need know, you know you what I mean, mean it That way, you're not going to see him visually and go oh look it's him Yeah, you know unless you really know your voice actors so a quick a quick pattern to Jamie rewrite to make this seem better obviously we talked before about how Nathan Fillion lobbied for this role for years yeah. for like a decade it was rumoured that he was going to be Nathan Drake he was right for it ten years ago I don't think he would be now no but it would have been funny because he's clearly aged out of the role. Yeah. It would be so funny if that guy was Nathan Fillion and instead the comment had been, some, had been something, some sort of joke about him having been a bit too late or having just missed it. It should yeah. have been like they'd catch a train that he was waiting for. Sure. He's like, oh, I was just a See, bit too would, late. Would that th- would have been funny, funnier, I think. I would have kept it as this guy and had him earlier in the film as the reason that yeah. Nate changes his mind. The reason being that I'd. For two reasons with Nathan Fillion, I love Nathan Fillion, and I think, yeah, as I say, he would have been perfect for the role ten years ago, or if it was an older version rather than a younger version of the character. The problem is, is A, it's kind of referencing something that never happened... Yeah, which is even like at least this guy was actually uh, Nolan North was actually Nathan Drake in some fashion but also I'm not sure Nathan Fillion would have done it because it would almost been like a rubbing the salt in the wound it's like oh by the way do you want to come in and laugh about the fact that you didn't get the role you really wanted yeah I I think he might because he's got a good sense of humour where he kind of doesn't mind laughing at himself because he's done roles before where he pokes fun at himself I'm not sure this it it would have been the case with this because it's not this it's not like we've written a role for you that's funny. It's okay, so if we're going to poke fun at the fact you're not the main character that yeah. you wanted to be. Um, so let's move on from that anyway. Uh, Chloe and Nate have to work out a cipher that they think is hidden within Sam's postcards. Yeah. Um, so they're going through all the postcards, ranging in different orders. They don't even know what the cipher could be. Yeah. Um, and they're there all night. Chloe gets bored and goes to sleep at some point, and while she's asleep Nate works out that one of the postcards says there's a whole world you haven't seen. Yeah. And this triggers a memory in his mind. And this comes back to something he did at the beginning. He gets his lighter and he lights that postcard up. And there's a a, a message hidden uh, that you need to... And it says, the keys are your compass. Yeah. So I I hated this bit. Yeah, I thought this was a bit too convenient. It was too convenient. And it was also too... Don't get me wrong, they set it up with the fact that all the way through the film he keeps getting that lighter out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of those postcards... And actually only one of them has this secret message on it. He never checks the others. It should have been a code where it was like... Because there's not a cipher in the end. It's just just like one of the ones. It takes him all night to work it out as well. And I thought it was going to be something where it's like every second letter of every third word. It ends up not being quite the intelligent adventure cipher that that, that even they assumed El stated it was going to be. But he gets this message. He gets the keys. He breaks them up, which is the first time they've ever mentioned you can actually break them. Though they did meld together, didn't they, at one point before? But he breaks them up and he puts them on the new map. And there's like certain jewel colours on the keys. And if you match those up with With the two compass symbols, symbols, it points you to uh, the exact location of the two galleons. We'll come to the two galleons in a sec. Uh, So Nate writes down some coordinates on a notepad and then goes to bed and sleeps. The next morning, Chloe wakes up before he does, sees the coordinates and decides to screw him again. So she takes the coordinates and leaves. When Nate then wakes up, we find out that he's written down the wrong coordinates, sent her the wrong way entirely because he knew she. He's he, learning. That. He's learning that she's going to betray him, so he'll betray her first. Um, yeah. So then we we cut to Nate in a speedboat going towards the location that the compass is pointed to. Braddock sees him going into this cave. So she know, now knows r- roughly the location he's going to. When he gets in the cave, he swims underwater through like an underwater passage. And in this big, under, like sort of closed off cage with like a couple of lights, like a bit of light streaming in from the roof, are these two massive Magellan galleons. Uh, so he swims up to them. Climbs on board of one, like and rubs his hand against one, and says, "We did it, Sam. We did it." That's the emotional payoff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> so, can I point out problem yep. number one here? No, go ahead. If this great big hole—and bear in mind this hole in the roof is big enough that the galleons fit through it. No, it's not in the roof. That no, because they they blow. Um, Braddock blows up the side of the mountain. But when they walk in there's the sunlight coming through the roof, and yeah. they lift the galleon up through there. Yeah, after they've blown the front of the mountain off. I think that's the idea. They only blow up the entrance. They don't blow the whole front of the mountain off. That's a good point. They lift it straight out the top. Yeah, I thought I'm that. A- I, I assumed, but actually rocks would have fallen on the galleons if they'd hmm. done that. So you are right. Yeah. You are right. I if assume they've whole- blown up the whole top part, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, you're right. If it's big enough for that, you could see it from an aerial photo. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone just on the ground would have found it. Would at have looked in and gone, there's two fucking galleons Bam, down and they've there. They've been there for hundreds of years. Yeah, like, is that, was that 400, 500 years? Something yeah, like that? It's, like... Yeah, hundreds of years. Also, does it explain how Sully gets here? Yes, it kind of does. Uh, it doesn't explain his journey. No, it says he's followed the GPS. Yes, and that's how he needs he to follow it. he didn't have a boat, and he you clearly need a boat to get there. Or he unless just, he's we'll come th- through the roof he with come. his parachute. Yeah, quite possible. But that was before working out the coordinates. That bit, yeah. So he would have landed before Nate figured that out because he slept overnight. Yeah, There's but no way he was flying for an hour no no, no, no. What I mean is he could have landed, gathered up his parachute, and took it with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when he realised it was underground, his But We don't see the parachute. We it. don't see how he got in. We just yeah, assume he's, just he's, he's figured it out by looking at the GPS, and thus he's in now. GPS is key. to Yeah, it's it's surprising how easy it is for people to get into this secret cave once they know where it is. It's like surely someone would have stumbled across this if it yeah. was this fucking easy. But let's be honest, this isn't a high intellect film, so let's not let's not pull it too far apart with that. The ship is full of barrels and the barrels are full of gold. I love gold I love gold <laughs> Why are we both quoting gold member? Hey Goldmember. I was gonna sing Goldmember in the style of Goldfinger. Which is just. Well, uh, no, uh, what uh, Beyonce sings a song called Goldmember. Yeah, I know, thing, I it? know, and I was going to sing it, and then I ended up almost singing the Goldfinger theme <laughs> tune, but saying Goldmember yeah, instead. It goes, uh, it goes. He's got the Midas touch. He touched it too much. <laughs> hey, Goldmember. <laughs> oh, it's filth, Jamie. It's filth. So, Braddock breaks into the mountain, and she arrives on several boats with a load of soldiers. So, Nate and Drake have to Nate, sorry, Nate and Sully have to hide on below deck while the soldiers are searching. The soldiers can't find them, so they decide to go back on deck, and that's when they helicopter out the galleons. Yeah. Now, I like this idea. While, it, while there's a logic fail with the yeah. fact of how big the chasm is, the actual big action sequence with two flying galleons was really yeah. cool. I like it in a stupid way. Like, when they did it, I was going... Yeah right. Because first of all, those galleons—I'm guessing—I'm not a boat building expert, but given how old they are and how they've been in that damp cable, this well, also time, the amount of gold that's apparently on them and the amount of gold in them—they yeah. would one be far too heavy for that helicopter to lift, or two, the structural integrity of the boats would be so weak that they would break yeah. apart. Wherever like, the straps a... are, it would snap at the straps unless yeah. you, you'd have to strap the fuck out. Like of it. there's a reason. We and can't then you've raise... got the power. Problem. Yeah, like there's a reason we can't raise the Titanic. Yeah. because it's too structurally weak now. Mm. But it's cool. It's a cool idea, I've never seen it before. The ship that they're going to land the boats on clearly is not big enough for both galleons. No, that's <laughs> that was a bit dumb. I was waiting um, for a second ship to turn up. Lucky they never doesn't. land them there then, isn't it? <laughs> um, and there are a few times in this chase that we're about to describe, there's a few times where the galleons are hitting mountains and stuff, where you're like, yeah. the galleon would be destroyed at that point. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, <laughs> they're not going to be sturdy enough after being there for hundreds of years. No. I mean, wood's pretty good, but it's not but that this, good. This felt this what we're about to talk about felt to me like a modern version of an old swashbuckling style. It has Errol that Flynn type. Yeah, there. Errol Flynn, sort of the very early Burt Lancaster Valentino. stuff. Have you seen the? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Pimpernel. No, 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 no. It's a uh, very early. It might be that. Um, the very early pirate film with Burt Lancaster when he's doing his own oh, stunts right. and he's doing backflip, forwards No, no, that was um, that was Errol Flynn. <laughs> canvas gather round, lads and lasses gather round. you've been shanghaied aboard for the last cruise of the crimson pirate a long long time ago in the far far caribbean remember in a pirate ship in pirate waters in a pirate world why did you bolt your cabin door last night you know it was bolted you must have tried it and if you tried it, you know why it was bolted. Yeah. He's wearing—he he's, was topless with uh, white right. and red shorts, all, all like the but classic Zorro films. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? And, and to be fair, like I think people have been overly harsh on the, the lack of reality in this film. But I'm like, yeah, but, it's but video this game is what—it's a video game film. But also, what I really liked about it myself is the fact that it does hearken back to that yeah. old genre film. Although, and I'm going to sound like an old fuck here. Uh, I just. I am. There's no way to not sound like an old. Awful... And I'm not that old. Like, I'm not. Like, I certainly was not alive when, like, Valentino and shit were hmm. making films. But. <laughs> It's not as impressive when it's all done with CGI. I'll agree with that. I will agree with that. Like, but I can understand why they've used it because they've tried course. to. They've, they're trying to do bigger spectacles and things like that. But also that they are trying to keep a modern audience. And unfortunately, yeah. the modern audience is a dumb Marvel audience. Oh, yeah. They would be bored with the classic style. Yeah, yeah. But something just isn't as. Ma- like. When it's not he, as impressive. Yeah, when he does. So my favourite bit was when he does the sword into the sail and rides it down. Yes. That's a classic swashbuckling. That's amazing, movie. yeah. I, I do not believe for one second Tom Holland. Actually, did that? No, I think no. he was on a harness and he just did that. Well, of course, course when Errol Flynn and that used to actually they do had it to do it. Yeah, 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 no, this uh, burnt Lancaster's early stuff as well, like the acrobatics, because he used to be in a circus. That hmm. man was fucking incredible yeah. with his physicality, insanely <laughs> like, Bert, good. And there isn't people like that anymore. And don't get me wrong, there's no, there's no threat of me being able to do any of Bert that Lancaster shit. Has Lancaster go on to play Robin in the '60s Batman. Burt Lancaster, no, he would have been way well, no, he was he was a powerhouse actor, Burt Lancaster. The 60s Batman was a was a boy, was it? In the 60s Batman, you're talking about the TV show. The Adam West one. Yeah. I, no, it's not Burt Lancaster. No. Look up Burt Lancaster, I, I'm, I'm you'll at, see how wrong I'm you are, Burt Lancaster, cuz I can't picture him. He was in Oh, this oh shit, yeah, no. That's definitely not him. Yeah. He's 7 Days in weird, May, again. he was in um he was in Valdez when he was older. He he was the uh the dictator general in uh, 7 Days in May he was I oh, was being in so much he stuff in 94 I know yeah what a loss so he made it a long he was 80 he for mm. quite a while the guy was a gun, legend gunfighted the OK Corral yep trapeze guy, the guy knows the shit man this is really good stuff I have no clue who I'm thinking of who played you're thinking of Burt think it's Bert. definitely Burt something isn't Burt Reynolds but could you imagine? <laughs> to be fair, it's no more ridiculous than Burt Lancaster being Robin. Oh, my. That that would officially be. Dude, we're, the, we're referencing, like, proper films. We we're accidentally re- referring to the fact that we know actual films that aren't mini <laughs> It would officially be. Burt Ward was. Burt Robin. Ward. And it, w- it was a Burt. But it would officially be the best version of Robin ever if it was Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to dick over Batman. Yeah. Um, speaking of video games To make it a bit more relevant Yeah You ever played Saints Row the 3rd? No So uh, As I I never played Saints Row 1 and 2 Sure But basically it was a cheap GTA clone Yeah 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 And I know then, what Saints Row was, And then yeah. from Saints Row the 3rd They decided that the way They were going to separate themselves Was they went full Balls to the wall comedy Yeah comedy and super but You could get like massive dildos that you could yeah. use with weapons Yeah So in Saints Row the 3rd um, eventually, like two-thirds of the way through the story, uh, you get contacted by the mayor of the city. Right. And you go to meet the mayor, and it's Burt Reynolds, actual Burt Reynolds, <laughs> playing Burt Reynolds. And literally, your character walks in, he turns around in a chair, and she just goes fucking Reynolds (laughs) and he's like hey baby (laughs) (laughs) that is cool so yeah so they're having this um, so there's a big chase sequence with these two galleons there's certain things they do really well with this that harken back to that traditional old school sort of 1940s 1950s action adventure theme Mm. which includes uh, a point where the soldiers use hooks like hook ropes to swing from one galleon to the other like a proper old school pirate adventure film I loved that that was a lovely touch so there's things like that which are really cool they end up having a fight with swords and then obviously getting back into fisticuffs and I've just noted here because it had to be said these uh, throughout this whole action sequence Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are back and forthing and they're just their chemistry is absolute gold I do want to say this was a well choreographed fight sequence it was indeed even with the CGI it's yeah the fact when you <laughs> had bits where like one of them would disappear into a door then the other one would be fighting in front of another door and then just as they moved that door would crash open yeah, and the other two would come back out and yeah, stuff like it was, that. It was—I give utter praise to this action sequence. Don't get me wrong, the CGI. Isn't great, but actually the CGI is not too bad looking. It's not but the it, worst CGI. No, no, it's it's fair enough. But the the actual action was really well done. I loved it. So Sully climbs up into the helicopter above the galleon they're on and takes control of the helicopter, and he's also got a bag full of gold that he's nicked yeah. from the ship. And uh, then, which uh, it, I wonder what's going to happen to this bag. Oh, Surely yeah, no, no. he won't be presented with a moral dilemma between saving his friend and saving his gold. How do? You, how, there's no way you could know that. There's a bit where. Uh, after that point, in order to try and get the other helicopter, which is now being piloted by the Scotsman, Mm. off of their back, Nate basically arms and fires a cannon from the Galleon, and destroys the helicopter and destroys the other Galleon. That kills the Scotsman, and Braddock was on that galleon, but she manages to jump over and land on Nate's galleon just yeah, at the last which minute. Which is a superhuman fucking job. that is a superhuman feat. But you know, at this point, it's. I mean, we're flying two galleons with helicopters across open waters so yeah, yeah. at this point whatever there's a big fight lots of swashbuckling action going on nate gets his classic shoulder holsters yeah. uh so he now looked to be fair once he got those on he looked a little bit more like the nathan the, uh, drake from I the noticed games the music swell at that point and i did wonder yeah. is that a song from the games that bit uh i don't know if it's a song from the games or but it's it, a score but I mean. the, it's because these brown but, yeah. leather shoulder straps with the Uh, The holster's on it for the guns. Those are classic parts of Nathan Drake's costume. And he hadn't had it the whole rest of the film. So it's like that's him finding himself... Visually, Braddock drops the anchor on the galleon, which sticks the galleon yeah. into that part of the water. and we have another logic flaw in a minute. Yeah, so. And, I'm and, wondering if you picked up on. Yeah, device. so Su- Sully's helicopter gets yanked back, and it's like the galleon can't move because it's anchored to the ground yeah. or under the water, and the helicopter's not powerful enough to keep it moving, and it's starting to, you know, overheat from having to do that. I was like, just reverse the helicopter and hold it steady. Like, That's all you, you don't need to try and pull the ship. (laughs) it doesn't need that you you can just hover and you'll be alright until you run out of fuel so there there was actually no reason for that it was just a way for them to ramp up the tension and this is where Solly's bag full of gold again dilemma you were going to say yeah starts sliding out the back of the helicopter so Solly puts the helicopter on autopilot and runs out the back to try and grab the bag which is now stuck on another exterior part of the helicopter and he's leaning out to try and grab the bag while this is going on the ship is starting to pull itself apart a little bit Nate is trying to climb up the the chain towards the helicopter yeah. and Braddock is chasing yeah. him with the, the these dagger knife things that she used to kill Santiago this is where Sully is caught with this dilemma you know save the money or save Nathan from Braddock he eventually goes oh hell and he throws the bag of gold smacks Braddock right in the, in the face. face she falls into the water and then eventually the like the, the helicopter breaks away from the ship so this bit was proper like um, it was like oh well she's still alive so she could return in a future film Ooh. oh no this entire Ship's gonna drop it, and the, to be fair, the one thing I would criticise her for a bit, although maybe, yeah, I'm sure she was directed this way, and I'm sure maybe it's because the character's too cool for this. Yeah. But did you not feel? Yeah, you, know, you get the shot of her looking up as the yeah. ship's coming down. Did you not think there should have at least been a oh fuck? There should have been or, some or, or a son of a splash. They needed to give her a one-liner there just to or even her have a look shocked. Yeah. Kind of, she just kind of looks as if it's the most boring. Yeah. And it's and like, like, a galleon on my face. Oh. Oh, how every fucking Thursday. <laughs> That's why having stars nosing around is so inconvenient. Stars. That was Umbrella's <laughs> intention. Yeah. Um, so once. They've managed to escape this part. Nate has to jump into the helicopter. Sully grabs his arm the same way that Sam does at the beginning. Again, recurring theme. Mm. Pulls him onto the helicopter. The ship crumbles. Takes the gold down with it. And the Philippine military arrives. Meaning that, basically, the Philippine military have got the it. Yeah, they can't, they can't salvage it. Yeah. And then and we you... see down below that Chloe is following them in a speedboat. Yeah. And you get a bit of a... Um... I don't know if this was an intentional... See, unfortunately, we live in an age now where everything's been so politicised that it's hard to tell if something's a statement or not. What, the Philippine military? No, no, no. Um, Obviously, there's a whole big thing going on at the minute in certain circles... About feminization of men in films, you know, real men yeah, yeah, yeah. not being represented anymore, and yeah. blah, blah blah. And okay. there is a scene here which I didn't know if this was a comment on that, where Tom Holland starts to have an emotional scene where he's like opening up to Sully a bit. Yeah, and he's been a bit like, "Thank you, man." And then Sully's like, "I can't hear you." Oh, he's, he's got to put, put the headphones on. Yeah. yeah, and when he puts the headphones on, he's like, "What were you saying?" And he was just like nothing man <laughs> no I mean that's that's quite d- traditional that would be the sort of thing you'd expect to see in like an 80s um, yeah, romance well, th- comedy this is what I'm saying unfortunately because everything's become so politicised I can't tell if that's just a thing that they did because it was funny or if it's a no this is a throwback to the 80s action films where men were men sort of thing um, I doubt there's a statement like this that this is in a it. very it's a very macho film it is like, yeah. I was really surprised like, I'm, I was I'm, watching it I have to say I'm pleasantly surprised this is the opposite no, because, my, to be honest, there's not These that many matches anymore. No. This was like the opposite to. of um, when we were on about Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, huh. So every single female character in this is a villain. Yeah. It's like the opposite of Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be fair, there's only two female characters. Two main female characters, Like, yeah. of note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like which is Chloe and Braddock. I <laughs> tell you. Yeah, <laughs> Chloe and Braddock, yeah, uh, you're which right. Which was really odd. Having said that, there's only really three... Male characters of note, and one—the uh, fourth one is just true. called the Scotsman. True, 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 true. So, and um, one of them is Santiago, and he's dead halfway through the film. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, so it's a, uh, it's a relatively small cast, actually. Yeah, and but I like actually, that about it. To be fair, was this made during COVID? Possibly, quite likely. So, I bet they actually had to keep the cast quite small. Yeah, might explain several elements of CGI. But I didn't feel like it was a. It didn't. You get some films. Like Welcome to Raccoon City. Felt like it was filmed during a pandemic, it and they had to keep it, it small. Whereas this, this didn't, didn't feel like that. Yeah. It felt like a big budget. Budget? budget big budget blockbuster yeah. I was just about to say actually thinking back this is a relatively small film yeah when you actually break it down it's, mm. there's not actually a huge amount of characters and interaction or small side characters even yeah. it's you know it, it's quite an intimate cast eventually we have the whole bit where he says that how much he cares and you've got the headphone element and then he goes, you got a heart of gold, Sully. And he just goes, like, as a as a joke, because obviously he's lost all his gold. Sully turns and goes, are you shitting me, kid? And uh, <laughs> it turns out that Nate has actually stolen a little bit of the gold and gives it to Sully, which makes him happy. And he goes, oh, the greatest treasure of all. And he gives him some of the bubble gum. Mm. And he just goes, I don't want this shit. And he throws it out the window. That was my last bit of gum. <laughs> I like that return. To be fair, the bubble gum bit in the... Uh, in, outside the auction made me laugh my head off. I thought it was yeah. funny as hell. But yeah, that's, that's essentially the main film. It just ends with them flying the helicopter off into the sunset with the speedboat and Chloe underneath it. It then cuts to the first of the post-credit sequences. So this is the one I saw. And it's the prison one. So we start off in a prison, slow camera panning through, and then we see that there's someone in a in a jail cell writing a postcard, and it's Sam nate's brother and he's written on there i don't know if these are getting out to you but i'm going to keep sending them and he's basically written another postcard to send out to nate and then it's like oh sam's still alive and that's obviously like yeah. what will happen in i'm guessing uncharted oh, too you know fair enough and then it goes through a bit of credits and then it goes to a second post-credit scene setting up the sequel which i was like do you need two setups Mar- for the this- sequel I don't worry i like marvel films but Marvel of fucking they, yeah. ruined fucking credit sequences. Well, it, I think this is very. This is exactly the same as what happened with horror movies in the '80s, mm. where it started off. It was like, hang on, the villain hasn't actually died; like they've just disappeared. Do, 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 do. And then every film, it was like it became just a standard thing. Yeah. Oh, and the villain's not actually dead. Yeah. Where could there's, they have there's gone? Always an end scene where it's like Freddy's not actually dead. Yeah, Jason's not actually. And it was dead. just like, can you just kill someone and maybe make a new villain at some point? But, to be fair, at least these aren 't keeping a villain alive, but at the same token it is you don 't need two setups for a sequel, and this has one so we 've done the first one, the prison sequence with Sam. I was happy enough with that because it was just short sweep, but gave you exactly what you wanted. But then you get this one so Drake is meeting a guy with an eye patch and asking him for a certain amount of information. Mm. The guy with the eye patch is speaking for a guy called roman we don 't know who roman is i don 't know if he's Connected to the games or not, but the guy sitting down with the eye patch says Roman wants Drake's ring, the one that he's got on the necklace. Mm. Nate hands over the ring on the necklace mm. and he goes, Right, so can you give me the information? And the guy goes, Oh, you must be stupid. And like all of these guards pull guns on Nate. And then at the door, Sully appears, now sporting a mustache, holding a gun to the others mm. and he helps stop the hold up. And then as they leave, So he turns around, and he's got the cat on his back, Mm -hmm. and he's called him Mr. Whiskers. Did you bring the damn cat? I go everywhere with Mr. Whiskers. So they've clearly fully bonded by this point. And then as they turn around, they get held up by someone off screen. We don't see who, and that's the end. Right. So that's, and obviously that's going to be the kickoff. If I guess if they do continue from that point, they're being held up. Who's holding them up? Why are they holding them up? What's the story? Who's Roman? What's the guy with the eye patch all about? You know, so it was, it was strange to have two post-credit sequences, but there you go. Those are the two. So we finished the film now. Uh, I'll ask you, because I've spent a long time jammering on, what were your thoughts, opinions, etc., on the film itself? Uh, I liked it. Um, it's not a perfect film. It's got a lot of problems. Uh, obviously, I I have never played the game, so I cannot make any comment on how accurate or inaccurate it is to the game but as just a film i enjoyed it but i just and again i just want to reiterate i like marvel movies and i found this film funny but every mainstream hollywood film has that same Marvel sense of humour now yeah, where it's that snarky, tongue-in-cheek sarcastic kind of thing literally everything, even when it's not a Marvel property, but I did enjoy it it is a bit ridiculous but its heart is in the right place I think, Okay, it's a little overly long one comment I will make and I'm going to say this and make myself unpopular PlayStation Pictures can fuck right off (laughs) with that obnoxious Marvel style company logo they oh, like the beginning where it goes like, oh hero where yeah. it's like mate mate first of all first of all we're Spyro the Dragon uh, they're not owned by Sony anymore they're well, owned yes. by Microsoft now isn't it yeah so technically that would be advertising Microsoft same with Crash it's now owned yes. by Microsoft because did you notice the Naughty Dog sticker easter egg yeah 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 when Nathan opens his suitcase yeah near the beginning there's oh, a Naughty so... Dog sticker yeah it's pretty cool because um, they're still owned by Sony they just lost the rights to those IPs yeah But it's just... Like, you haven't earned that. Like, look at the early Marvel films. Marvel just had the red... Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only when they became megastars that they got the whole one way goes to all the comic you've got, images. You've got to set up your cinematic universe before you can showcase your cinematic universe. Yeah, it's, I've never felt. I've never quite felt so embarrassed at the beginning of a film with the logo coming. I was sitting there going, <laughs> "I am a grown man watching a film where the actual fucking PlayStation logo just came up." Mm. Uh, but anyway, that's by the by. Yeah, I think the- that might be our age though, because we're used to video games and certainly video game movies being considered childish yeah. trash so i think that might just be us and our sensibilities i yeah. think someone who's just turned 18 might see that logo differently yeah. but i i but, do agree with you it's like it it did feel a bit overkill with the logo but it, it was fine it felt like a bit of a throwback to an old swashbuckler movie like i said yeah um I didn't have a bad time. Uh, It didn't help that the Odeon's actually got new seats. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, mine was broken. They've upgraded all the... Well, mine was fucking painful as shit to sit in. Mine wasn't painful. If I sat too far forward, it was going to snap. Really? Yeah. My <laughs> my arse was fucking killing half an hour into this film, which I think made the film feel a lot longer to me because mm. I couldn't get in the zone and just yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, you're worried about your dead arse. Uh, and it's a shame because I love going to the cinema, but mm. those new seats they've bought can fuck off. I don't think mine had new seats, the screen that I was in. So. Uh, well, was it fabric or was it that weird plastic wipe-down stuff? I don't know, I was spring five. Yeah, five was, that is the new seats, I was in five. Ah, mate, mine was already broken, so so obviously they're not very good. So they've changed to, this will be because of the pandemic, so a lot of places are doing this, because fabric can hold germs in it, they're changing to these easy wipe down vinyl covers. Did you see, here's the thing that offended me actually, fuck the PlayStation logo problem, right at the start of the film I was never more pissed off than the advert for the Odeon in the Odeon oh the Nicole Kidman With, yeah Nicole Kidman yeah. Was in this, the, 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 the seats look, it's clearly not filmed in an Odeon yeah you're like where have you gone I've never <laughs> seen an Odeon like that. that even yeah, the, the premiere seats don't look like that yeah exactly the premiere seats I'm like that they're, they're fucking tacky shite compared to what she's sitting on she's in the, basically in leather lazy boy recliners isn't yeah, she yeah exactly so they're huge and I've seen cinemas like that but they're never Odeons and no. also the, the actual raising like so the Odeon locally to us certainly is quite the the T- the staggering between each chair set is quite shallow. Yeah. Whereas the ones she was in were quite huge so you wouldn't have to worry about having to look over someone else's head. No, so there were quite tall steps between each mm. row with big lazy boy chairs all yeah. the way along. Every row was these super yeah, plus chairs. Yeah, plenty of space. Yeah, plenty yeah. of space. So we come to why am I in this shit then? In a chair that doesn't fucking work and apparently they're new and it's broken. It's, that pissed me off more than the Playstation logo. Yeah, I I must admit I hate that advert. Also at the risk of sounding like a real weirdo so I actually was really getting angry at a lot of the adverts and I was they played an advert that was trying to glorify the life of a teacher Oh, uh, even though we know that teaching in this country is literally a, a painful profession yeah like, I've got friends who are teachers who are all looking to quit and move into different industries because of how awful it is to be a teacher in this country right and this, this one was basically being like but isn't it rewarding to teach the like, kids no Boris Johnson it's not and the <laughs> other one and I'm going to go on a little bit for a soapbox here no, and go ahead. get called a weird, weak ass soy boy or whatever. But this is a thing I've I've always I've said this since I was like thirteen. It's one of my few opinions that's never changed. Um, I don't know why they always play this in cinemas. Every film I've ever seen ever except maybe children's films, has played a recruiting advert for the Royal Navy. Yes. yeah, Yes, it does. I realised that <laughs> I could... Be the best you could be. I expected it to end up with him in a fucking coffin. So this is the <laughs> thing. Transformative. Well, like, that's certainly one I, way to go. I know I can say this because I'm fortunate enough to have grown up in peacetime and things like that. Yeah. But I just find it sickening that they, they promote the army in that way. There's one that they play a lot. They didn't play it this time. In a film that's aimed at youth as well. Yeah, well, this thing, this thing, they're always the adverts are always aimed at young people, because, well, of course, they are. They want young yeah, soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have you seen the one that's aimed at girls, where it's like, I don't get asked what it's like to be a female soldier. I'm just a soldier. Right. I do this. And it's like trying to... And I, I don't know where I sit with that, because on the one hand, I believe in equal rights. So women I don't can be see gender. So <laughs> women, women can be soldiers, of course. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, oh, great, you're recruiting even more young people to die. Yeah. It wasn't enough, you were taking all the boys, now you're going to take all to the be girls. To fair, well. I'd rather it be equal rights, because maybe people would stop sending us to fucking war if there were more women involved than men. Maybe. Because we know that male life generally has a lower value than female life in our culture. As far as, like, when it comes to sending people to war and, like, it's exactly Yeah, like men get drafted. drafted. Men yeah, get yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Yeah. There's, there's never been a female but draft. I, I, I realise I can say this because I've been privileged to grow up oh, in peacetime. Yeah. But I just... Something about army adverts I find incredibly upsetting. Because they, I know they always frame it as, be the best version of you. All I hear in my head is, sign up to die. Yeah. You die know? for a cause that you, you do not believe, believe in. in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sign up for something that fucking... Sign up to go fight in a fucking... Like, like the Afghanistan war. Go fight in a, a war that none of us believe in. We all know we shouldn't be there. Yep. We're only there to please George W. Bush. Yeah. What's and you'll called? get killed for Foreign it. and Tory Blair, yeah. So that's the adverts for that. But shall I ask if you recommend, or shall we recommend in a minute? Um... No, I'd, I'd recommend. You'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, nice. to, uh, only to people who like action-y films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't go up to, like, a film professor who only watches fucking uh, <laughs> Werner Herzog films <laughs> and be like, yeah, you should check out Uncharted. Yeah. Uh, but anyone who likes Marvel films, things like that, would probably like yeah. this. So, my opinion is also controversial. I also really like the film. If you're about to sit here and say it's the greatest film ever made, I will stab you. No, because we all know that Super Mario Brothers. I will. Was- this <laughs> what I didn't say it was the best film ever. I just said Super Mario Brothers is no. Um, so no. On- honestly, man talk. Uh, the <laughs> the truth is that I really enjoyed this film. No, it's not the greatest film of all time. But don't worry, I'm not, um, you're under no fear of that being the case. But and this is the controversial bit. I honestly think out of all of the action adventure films that I've seen over the last ten years this is the closest at being sort of a modern iteration of something like Indiana Jones mm. and being actually the torchbearer to carry that style of action adventure on. Now people might be going, what the hell you could say? And I've, I've argued with a couple of people online. And like, no shit. I'm like, well, clearly it's not shit. Cause it's good. It's just not phenomenal. No. But the thing is, uh, and people get annoyed if i compare it to indiana jones because they're like well indiana jones is genius and this is just not genius i'm I mean, like well in the the indiana J- jones is kind of shit so here's the thing you you're not a fan of indiana jones cuz you're not really a fan of harrison ford I enjoy Indiana Jones, at least the original trilogy. The fourth one is fucking terrible. Kingdom of the Crystal oh, is there be? a fifth one coming out? Apparently, and I just don't want it. I don't need it. I don't, like, the fourth one was bad enough. What are you going to do in a fifth? No one needs anything that has ever been touched by George Lucas ever again. I think, yeah, I think George Lucas is very much played out. But either way, it doesn't matter. Like, even if he comes back, even if it's a great film, I'm, you're not going to be able to continue it. So and I think with the fifth Indiana Jones, they're looking at having like a female lead come in. It's a torch passing film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now that that's well, that's just Tomb Raider. Just make Tomb Raider then. That's my point. So that's essentially you're just making Tomb Raider. Now they've already got Tomb Raider, and there's a second film apparently in pre-production right now, starring uh, Alicia Vikander. Yeah, but I didn't really, and we'll get to this when we cover it. But I didn't really fully like the 2018 Tomb Raider. No, I've heard um, it's mixed. Yeah, and the thing is, is it, there's things it gets very right, but it's not fun. Yeah. It's just not fun. And the things that I didn't find fun in that, I found incredibly fun in Uncharted. Yeah. And it's because... And to be fair, it's not the fault of the people who made the Tomb Raider movie, per se. They were basing it so solidly on the first reboot game, or the second reboot game, whichever way you want to see it, yeah. um, that... Essentially, she had to be on her own, fighting against all odds and being super desperate. Whereas Uncharted kept the fun in there because, as I say, the, the collaboration between Sully and Nate... Yeah. those two together on screen and the actors they chose were absolute diamond gold. I loved it. It's very rare that I'll watch a film and go, you know what, this wouldn't work without those two. Mm. This film would not work if it were not for those two actors. Yeah, Circling back to the original Indiana Jones, so ignoring number four, which most people write off anyway, Indiana Jones is a classic trilogy that most people absolutely adore... And I actually really like it, not the second one so much. Yeah, the second but, one's the bad one from what I've heard. Yeah, from the trilogy, but it's, it's, quite, it's watchable, it's fun at least, which is why people give it a pass. Number one and number three are the best ones. Now, for me, the third one's the best one. Number one, Sean Connery brings his own form of class to it, which is always fun to watch. But the first one also has a massive hole in it, in terms of plot. And this is where someone online was like, No, it's different because Indiana Jones is incredibly well written mm. and this in- Uncharted just isn't. I'm yeah. like, No, they're both a bit dumb. Basically, if you removed Indiana Jones from the first Indiana Jones film. It still plays the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Nothing there, changes. There is an entire episode of The Big Bang Theory where that is the whole plot. Yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous because it is true that essentially you don't need Indiana Jones in that movie. He's, he's literally just a linchpin, he's just an observer. Yeah. He's not actually an active participant. Despite all the yeah. shit he goes through. Because the Nazis would still open the Ark of the Covenant. And they'd still, and still die melt. the same way. And then whoever <laughs> found it would have put it in the big box, like in the big uh, mm. storeroom. So that would have been it. And Nothing changes in the story. And so I'm like... And here's the thing. No one says, or very few people say, that that film is a terrible film because of that. It's still a fun film because you've got the characterisations that people with either love or hate... Again, I know you're not a fan of Harrison Ford. but people who are love Harrison Ford's portrayal of the role and love the back and forth he has with multiple other characters. That's what sells Indiana Jones in that film. Because he's not necessary. So the fact that you've got Harrison Ford and his charisma is what makes that film what it is. And I feel that Uncharted is the same. And like Indiana Jones, the reason I will liken them together... At the time, action-adventure films didn't really exist in that guise when Indiana Jones uh, and the... Not the Temple of Doom, was it? Not the Last Crusade? The Last Crusade? No, the first one. The first Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. When that came out, there wasn't really films like that being made anymore. Yeah, it's a dead genre. Yeah, and and, uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg essentially went ahead with building that film because they loved the action-adventure films, the stuff that we mentioned, the old Burt Lancaster, Errol Flynn, you know, that sort of old-style tomb raiding, but also kind of action-adventure, piratey romp films, they loved those films, and they wanted to revive them, but at the time, what was popular was slice-of-life horror-like Jaws, which was Spielberg anyway, and sci-fi adventure films, such as Star Wars, which was George Lucas. They both went against type to get Indiana Jones made, and it's got problems, but it's still a fantastic film. And I feel Uncharted is the same. You know, that action adventure genre died. The last time it had a, a proper airing, really, was The Pirates of the Caribbean, which drove its own plotline into the sea after the third one. I've only ever seen the first one. First one's the best one, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I could already tell. Yeah. From watching the first one. Yeah. I was like, this isn't going to go up from here. No, the other two are all right. Don't get me wrong. The, like, what about four and five? Four and five. They don't exist. Uh, (laughs) No, they're they're pretty bad. There's good elements, but they're mostly bad. Again, essentially, if Johnny Depp wasn't in them, they're nothing. And to be honest, Johnny Depp isn't enough to save them. That's the the problem with 4 and 5. Everyone loved Johnny Depp's character in that series, Captain Jack Sparrow, and his character was not enough to make 4 and 5 watchable. Um, that's a shame, because Five's got Javier Bardem in it, and I really like Javier Bardem. Yeah, he's in a couple of clunkers, though, and that's one of them. Yeah, yeah it, it's not his fault. He's just the actor. He's not the creator, as such. Uncharted, for me, I liked it so much that I will actually I will put my arse on the line with this and upset a few people and say, for me, this is the modern ages Indiana Jones. And if they can make a trilogy out of it and keep the writing strong and the banter, and hopefully improve the intelligence well, of the writing, relate in video game terms. That's the question. I don't care because we're book. watching films. But it's the video game movie podcast. So what I'm saying is, yeah, because it's based of, on a video game. Yeah, in terms of video game movies. Yep. Where is this ranking roughly? Well, I'm recommending it. Yeah. If that's your question, yeah, yeah. Um, but but or so, oh, do you mean is it? What's it better and worse than? Yeah, right. Obviously, it's not in the. It's well above any UV ball crap. Obviously, uh, I mean, yeah. Better than Sega Hard Girls. Yes, it's it's got a, it's got a better audience than Sega better Hard than Girls. Postal though. Yes, <laughs> Ed, like yeah, everything we've watched is better than Postal. Uh, what was another good um, one we watched? It's better than Sonic the Movie, I think. For like, yeah? I, I I really like Sonic the Movie personally, mm. but I couldn't recommend it in the same way that I could recommend Uncharted yeah. these I'd, I'd actually say I really like Mortal Kombat but I'd say it's better than Mortal Kombat as, oh, yeah. as an action film I know you're not a fan of Mortal Kombat which you know because it was it was douche rag. I think it's better Mortal than Mortal de- Kombat Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat
1: I think oh, well, because I
0: noticed you put this in the last episode you put the Mortal Kombat theme in. are we gonna make that Well that's because we referenced where, someone doing drugs. Are we gonna make a gimmick <laughs> where we just try and find a way, a place to put the Mortal Kombat theme in every episode? <laughs> Might get dire if I keep doing Mortal it, but yeah. <laughs> you can um, keep finding funny places. If I can find it it somewhere funny, I'll do it. I think it's better than Dead or Alive. I can recommend it a lot more than Dead or Alive. It's, it's definitely it's le- more accessible. It's definitely a better made movie than Dead or Alive. Yes. It's Definitely a better acted movie than Dead or Don't Alive. Don't get me wrong, the boobs are better than Dead or uh, Alive, but that's to be expected. It, it's, yeah, it's from an objective point of view, it's definitely a better movie than Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive is not a good movie. I just, there is something about Dead or Alive that I enjoyed watching, but this is a better um, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, I would probably. Remember, I recommended again. Dead or Alive as yeah, well. Um, I would probably watch this again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would things. also say this is better than Welcome to Raccoon City. And I know It probably is. It's it's a more I, fun and more accessible movie, I think. Yeah, as much as I And again I, I recommended that as well. So like I have watched Welcome to Raccoon City twice now. I really didn't enjoy it nearly as much the second time. Oh, really? It really, The the whole enjoyment is purely the Easter eggs, really. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not actually a very good film. I, t- I said that not, at the time, it's not that well made, it's just yeah, the Easter eggs make it fun. It's not that well paced. It's a bit like it's, Sega Hard Girls, actually. Yeah. Sega Hard Girls, if you love all the references, is a phenomenal series, but... If you don't care about the Sega references, there's not really anything in it for you. I'm in utter despair that we still. it's 2022 and we still don't have a good Resident Evil movie. It's not for lack of trying. It's had the most films made of it than any other series. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think you can actually count all the Anderson ones as separate films. (laughs) But no, seriously, though, because they're all the same pattern. Do you know what I mean? Because the first one did well all those sequels are made in that same mould. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. I think Welcome to Raccoon City is probably the first film by Resident Evil that breaks that mould. Live action, at least. Because, obviously, you've still got the CGI... Animations, Yeah. So far, I think my favourite video game film, yeah. which we haven't got to yet, we'll be getting to it later this year, I think is probably still Silent Hill. Sure. So you wouldn't you wouldn't view this necessarily above Silent Hill? No. no? Not even okay. close. I think this is definitely more of a popcorn entertaining mainstream film. It's much more entertaining than Silent Hill, but Silent Hill is a horror film. It's designed it's like to Silent hit Hill, you, isn't it? <laughs> uh, this might be a controversial opinion. I don't know. I don't actually know what the general public's perception of Silent Hill is. I think the first one is generally accepted as a good film it, it, at the very least and the second one is shite. Silent Hill has much more artistic value to it in my mind that this mm. is a good adventure film yeah. uh, by a mainstream director who's made other mainstream hits like Zombie Land and Shazam. Yeah. Whereas Silent Hill the first one only, not that awful second one. Yep. The first Silent Hill is made by an indie director who is well known for foreign language films and that had Uh, a lot of artistry in it had a lot of of artistry, I absolutely adore watching the special features on my Silent Hill DVD, awesome because they go so in depth about the costume making process the set building process obviously my favourite fun fact about Silent Hill, which I'm not going to spoil here for the audience, I'll wait till we do it at the Halloween special, yeah we'll probably do it for Halloween, you you know the one I mean about the dress, yes, yes like, Uncharted didn't do any him that clever. No, no, I'll agree with you on that. Um, for me, this is one of the best video game movies. Uh, Silent Hill is up there for me. Yeah, um, and actually, and, 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 and another one that's controversial for me is I actually think Need for Speed is one of the best. However, the thing I think I do that a lot of other viewers don't, certainly when they're just passively watching, they don't look at the history of film. In connection to video game movies, and I know some people go, oh, "Stop smelling farts over fucking <laughs> video game movies." But like as we said, Uncharted isn't a modern day Marvel film. It has certainly has shades of one, mm. but it is really it's a 1950s pirate adventure swashbuckling film, but with a bit of a Marvel painted overcoat and need for speed for me is a 1970s uh driving film in the style of vanishing point in the style of bullet in the style of that sort of thing but again with a slightly more up-to-date coat of paint i would have to watch this film a few more times to know if i think it's better than need for speed the difference being that need for speed hit me on an emotional level and i don't think uncharted ever did though it did bring me a lot of joy But for me, this is a 100% recommend. And for yourself, you'd recommend it to anyone who likes sort of adventure films. Yeah, this is going on my recommend list. Awesome. I think I only like my third one, I think. No, you recommended Welcome to Raccoon City. Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah. And you half-recommended Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we don't count halves. Do we not? No, not in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Not in this game. I like what you said there. And you recommended Captain N. I most certainly <laughs> did not <laughs> I'm lying okay so one last thing before we end because I know it's been a long time it's been a long road getting from there to here That's Enterprise's theme tune, You Don't Know Star Trek. We had a poll going on on your Facebook about how wrong everyone is if they like dogs better than cats. Uh, It's not actually to do with what you like, it's to do with who's cuteness. We specifically said cuteness. Specifically cuteness. Uh, So if the answers aren't about cuteness, then they're wrong. They are all about cuteness. Okay. And there's been some photographic evidence sent. Okay. Now, to be fair, at the risk of making my own Facebook sound sad as fuck, although to be fair, I only posted this an hour ago, we've only had four responses. <laughs> what are the responses? Unanimously, dogs. There what? are no cat votes. But are you ready? I'm about to change your whole mind because this picture's related to video game movies. Okay. Look at this picture of a dog with a Pokeball. It's a Pokeball! In right. its mouth! That dog is cute, but it's not as cute as a cat. Look at his giant ears! Yeah, it's cute. It's just not as cute as my cat. How about this one that took a trip to Hadley Castle? No, I hate those dogs. What, Westies? Yes. They shout all the time. Anything that won't shut the fuck up is annoying. I know, plenty of quiet Westies. It's all by the train, Uh, man. Maybe I'm crossing them over with that German... No, no, the Scotty... What's it called? Scottish Terrier. Yeah, Westie Terriers and Scottish Terriers. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't like those. Uh, What are the other two? Oh, no, no one else sent pictures. Oh, no. what, 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 What was the statements? Oh, Person number one said, totally agree, dogs all the way. Okay, but that's not... He's not stated why they're cuter. No, I literally put... Well, no, you didn't say why, you just said to put Yeah, but that's cuter. not going to change my mind if they say... No, no, I, I was trying to change cute. your mind, we you just seen what other people thought. Well, you were trying uh, to change my someone mind. Someone put dogs with a little emoji of a dog and then the picture of the Westie at Hadley Castle. Right. Uh, <laughs> then my mother put... But my mother in typical... So, bear everyone else has put like... Your, your mum's going to like dogs because she's married to your dad. I will stab you. I will stab Fucking mic drop, my friend. So bear in mind, this is so typical of my mom. Everyone else has put like emoticons or the app emoticons. They haven't been called emoticons in 20 years, have they? How How Emojis. is MSN Messenger nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone's put like, you know, something extra. And my mum has literally put one word dogs, <laughs> dogs. <laughs> no no punctuation they just dogs uh, but my, to be fair my mom my hates cats yeah that's so. probably where you got it from but yeah i must admit that picture is uh that is the a fact cu- we've got one i will pokeball. say that is a cute picture and yeah the fact it's got a pokeball is cute it doesn't change my mind though i've seen way more cute cats what pokemon do you reckon a french bulldog would catch a Growlith? why Pikachu? would it catch it oh what with the pokeball you mean well he's obviously got a pokemon in there i think he's oh. about to use it
1: probably Snubble.
0: Oh, talking to Pokemon, I don't know the half the Pokemon you're saying. Would it be so, if you had a Meowth? Yes. That'd be irony, that, <laughs> wouldn't it? But the thing is, a Meowth can talk. <laughs> exactly. It's the, it, it actually, in Pokemon, it's the one universe where cats are way more intelligent than dogs, because mm. he can talk. At but, least in but, the cartoon. But too. funnily enough, a Persian can't. Yeah, it makes no uh, sense. Actually, here's a quick random Pokemon question that if you don't know the fan of... We've got a Pokemon fan in the Discord. We do indeed, we, we do. Uh, is it all Meowths can talk, or is it just specifically the Team Rocket Meowth? Uh, well, we can ask him. I'm pretty certain it's just a Team Rocket, Ro- Team Mocket? Team Rocket Meowth. Yeah. Team Rocket Meowth. I, I seem to remember <laughs> that this is. I seem to remember... I think it's but, him, but they never explain why. Bear in mind, I haven't seen Pokemon since I was a kid. Mm. I seem to remember there's an episode where the Team Rocket Meowth meets a bunch of other the Meowth and is surprised that they can't talk yeah there's something about that particular Meowth I don't know if they ever explain it it's certainly not in the earlier episodes that I watched yeah. so I don't know but anywho should we wrap this up because it's one a 2 last... hour and 15 minute episode well it won't be when I've trimmed it down but one last thing then Remember in our Detective Pikachu episode, you were asking me about different Pokemons, and I went, I don't know, like, there's probably a garbage bag that's a Pokemon at this point. Wait, well, yeah. our Pokemon expert in uh, the Discord let us know that, in fact, there is a <laughs> rubbish bag Pokemon called Trubbish. I cannot believe it! And it's Trubbish. Evolution Garbador. Garbador. And I was like... That sounds like the Garador from Resident Evil yeah, 4. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if you're making trash bag Pokemon, you are artistically bankrupt. Yeah, it's time for your franchise to end. You've, you've had mean, to way too fear, much time in To be in the fair, we're saying that, but even in the first generation, you had Grimer and Muck, which are literal piles of shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe Pokemon's just always been creatively bankrupt. Yeah, but bankrupt. I mean, like, by the time you're going, what would what we make? Uh, Pinbag... Good bag. Bin bag. Bin bag. Why are you saying that like Steve Coogan? I don't know. <laughs> bin <bag>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Alan Partridge. I'm Alan Partridge. It's hotter than the sun. Uh-huh! Aha! Anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed our massive 20 minute argument that we had I think that will be a highlight when we eventually make the highlight episode well highlight we've, real episode. we keep arguing about stupid shit we argued about we've Star nev- Trek we've versus Doctor Who we never had a 20 minute <laughs> no. tangent before that got that heated I'm pretty sure the entire audio peaked for the whole 20 minutes <laughs> it's because you were wrong <laughs> just don't just don't anyway let's move on uh, thank you very much for listening guys uh, feel free to join us on the discord chase us up on www.vgmovie.co.uk chase us up on our Podbean. Uh, Twitter. Uh, bear in mind, we also do articles now on cyberpunkstudios.co.uk. If you go into the blog, you'll see VGMP. Yeah, am I allowed to write there? some of these articles? You can. I'm. Can quick- I any topic? Any topic you want. So, so can so, I, can I write ten reasons Paul Anderson is a crook and must die? Well, I was hoping more it would be sort of video game... I suppose it is video game... So long as it's only about his video game movies. I mean, that's pretty much... Other than Event Horizon, that's pretty much all he's made. In, yeah, in which case, fine. I, I, honestly, if you want to write an article, you go right ahead. Um, there's two articles out. There'll probably be three, actually, by the time that this releases. Mm. No, there'll be two. We did one on Dead or Alive. And the myst- mystery of Hitomi. Yes, and the the man in yellow. And then the one that's released this week was an article about Sega Hard Girls. And it's all the references that are in the characters. Now, there are eight articles to come. Well, there's eight on Sega Hard Girls about all its references. However, I'm going to break it up. It's not going to be like eight weeks on the trot of Sega Hard Girls. I'd kill myself. I can explain one of the upcoming episode so i'm going to do three sega hard girls ones just to cover Mm -hmm. the basics and then i'm going to do a different one and that one's going to be on a sega Saturn and playstation game called formula carts i have an exclusive on that one to do with musicianship on a hidden track that was for some reason hidden on the game disc but never used in the game so that that'll be hopefully of interest to people but we're just trying to pad that out we are also working towards making a patreon which will connect to our discord that's being updated as we speak however i've not yet shared the link because we're currently working on actually creating content for you to have access to one of those will be vgmp shorts which we're going to record our first one in just a few moments And that's going to basically be wherever there's a series or a film or something like that which is too short to do a full video game movie podcast episode on. We'll just do like a 10-15 minute additional and focus on that for the 10-15 minutes and give you an overview of that. Uh, Essentially, there's things like Sega's Panzer Dragoon has an anime movie, but it's only 28 minutes long. It's not a movie then! Well, they call it OVAs, don't they, in in Japan, but... um, essentially we can cover things like that whereas if we were trying to fit it into an hour and a half long discussion the discussion would be three times the bloody length of the film itself so we're going to be doing that so there's a lot of stuff still to come so please do check in with us and keep up with us uh anything else you want to add jamie no join us on facebook as well video game movie podcast is on there as well so you can keep up with us and there's scheduled events there. For the time being, thank you very much for tuning in. We hope you like this preview of Uncharted. And goodbye. Say so goodbye, Jamie. <laughs>